0: is your host Lindsay Rowland. today we have terry and patrick caserta on our show their son brandon caserta active duty navy died died by suicide in 2018 the caserta's through legislation called the called the brandon act hope their son's death leads to big changes in the military that will prevent other soldiers from taking their own lives i want to welcome mr and mrs caserta to the show and thank you for being here today
1: Well, thank you for having us. We appreciate it.
2: Yes, we do.
0: I want to start out with, uh, can we start out a little bit about Brandon's childhood and and life and and how he ended up in the Navy? Is that a good place to start?
2: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Brandon was uh, unique. When I say that from day one, I mean, he only didn't cry a lot, didn't eat a lot. And when he did eat, it was, he, he was like followed a meal plan <laughs> of his own. But I mean, he was in between. He really didn't want anything. It was kind of strange early on, but um, he was well-liked um, in daycares and stuff like that. People took a liking to him, even though he couldn't talk at the time. And he was always smiling, glad to be around people. I, I always noticed that and I always envy that because it was a, a trait that I didn't quite have, Um, I have other traits, but he had the best of everything, in my opinion. And early on, he got involved in uh, swimming and karate when he was uh, four. And he continued that till the day he went in the military. And so one could say he was training for a SEAL since he was four, even though he didn't know it, we didn't know it, nobody knew it. Uh, He was dedicated to those two things so much so that um, we had to plan vacations around it, and I do remember, this is factual, we went to New York City, we flew in that day, we were picked up at the airport by my mom, dropped off at our car, and we barely made it to karate that night, <laughs> so uh, that, was, uh, that was Brandon's rules and we abided by it, he had the highest attendance in his karate ever. Um, He never missed. We can count on our hand how many times he missed. And when he was old enough to control that, he never missed and swim. He was totally dedicated. He rode his bike five miles a day to swimming and in 120 degree weather at times. And uh, he loved it. He wanted that exercise. We were more than willing to drive him. We had no problem with it. And he said, no. And he felt that that gave him more training and, it really did, because in the end, he did really well on his testing. And Brandon, even in high school, they called him the Energizer bunny. He had stamina that was incredible. And
1: never got tired.
2: Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was a time when he was younger. He was the fast. I'm telling you, he was Flash Gordon. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> I remember um, the, the first touchdown in flag football. I'm not quite sure of his age. Let's just say he might have been five or six. He he ran um, backwards on the play, and he um, kept dodging people. He called it juking, and he would juke people, but he'd go backwards like 20 yards and then go forward and run 100 yards for a touchdown. I mean, it was like classic Brandon, and one time he did it, and he messed up. They got his flag and he was all mad. So the coach gave him the ball again and he ran a touchdown <laughs> <laughs> the usual way. He did it as smiling away. Um, Brandon had a smile that makes you want to smile. And it, he always had love shining in his eyes. He loved people for people. He, um, Truly enjoy being around any people. Uh, he helped special needs kids on his own. He'd bring home homeless people at times. He'd uh, always, women, men, it didn't matter uh, in high school. He was friends with all of them, treated everybody equally. He saw you as a person and that was a unique trait of his. And his smile just won you over every time because it was so sincere. And You could give him the hardest job in the world and he'll be smiling while he does it. And a lot of people at times in the military, they didn't like that, but that is what he did. He smiled. I guess one could say, Terry says, Gomer Pyle. Of course, Gomer Pyle was acting probably, even though that actor really did have a nice smile. Um, Brandon did it (laughs) naturally.
1: From day one. He, he was the most kindest, good hearted person in, in my opinion, in the world. He, uh, would hold doors open for people. Um, if he saw, when, when he went grocery shopping or you know shopping with us and he saw old, I'll, I'll say older Americans, especially, I'll call them little old ladies, um, who was looking at the top shelf and they needed something, he would say, he would just go over there and say, do you need help? Can I get something for you? and you know they would say oh honey yes if you could you know get that and he was just so helpful um he like he like patrick said he loved people um i think he related more to adults and little children um than he did his own peers because um I, i'm assuming because brandon had depending on who he was talking to, he could go down to their level or up to the adult level um, ever since he could basically talk, um, which took him a long, it took him almost two years to talk. We thought something was wrong with him, but you know, the doctor was like, he'll just, he'll just start talking full sentences. And that's what he did. Um, from, from the moment he was born, they it, it, People say that children change your lives. Okay, they do. But in Brandon's case, our lives went on as, as completely normal. It, it was like he was with us from the moment Patrick and I met. Um, nothing changed with us except, you know, yes, he's a, he's a, he's a baby. But wherever we went, he went. Even on our, you know, five mile walks, he was with us, of course, in the beginning in the stroller. But I swear, by the time he was two years old, he was walking five miles with us. Of course, his little feet would probably be 10, right? Um, He he would want to be picked up and held, but only when he was tired. Um, Then we knew when he wanted to be held and carried, he was tired. Again, he was two years old. And never complained, never complained. When um, he had to do chores, he would do them right away. He would not, you know, like some kids, oh, in a minute, mom, or or, let me finish this. It was none of that. Um, It was always okay. And he hops up and helps me with dishes or whatever. The only thing he hated to do was clean his room. So when he was, you know, a, a teenager, I was like, you know what? I, you, you have to pick your battles. So the bedroom was, I'm like, forget it. I you mean, don't have you to clean your room. room. Once, at least once a month to clean up all of his water bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he would have his friends come over, you know, I'd say, you need to clean up your room. And he's like, nope, it's okay. If they don't like me because my room is messy, then they don't need to be my friend. I'm like, okay. And, you know, he had best friends that were girls and, and it was like, they didn't care. Um, so his, his room was constantly a mess, but it's, you know, I was like, I'm going to pick my battles. It's no big deal. He helps me with everything else.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, he, he helped anybody who needed it. Um, anybody that he saw struggle, he would go over there and, you know, help, help them um didn't care about you know their their race um to him there was no race um i i know people say <clears throat> well according to brandon nobody looked different um he just treated them with respect like he would anybody no matter what they are um did i miss anything I Oh yeah, he always lived by his karate code words. His karate code words is um, honor, respect, patience, and kindness. And when he first learned those, when he was four years old, he lived those words every single day of his life, even I'm sure at the end of his life. Um, he always gave those karate code words were always first that he I don't know would, would um would consider. I mean he never disrespected anybody.
2: Never been in trouble.
1: Never been in trouble.
2: All went to the military, never stayed out of trouble, he went away from trouble, he didn't even allude to us. You have no idea, you know, like <laughs> what he's had to do to avoid bad things in particular at his high school. He changed high schools to a better one only because we moved and he was enduring a lot in that one, but he was on the football team and he um, was in a good position on the team. I'll word it that way. And so he stayed with it. So he had to stay away from all that stuff and he did an outstanding job obviously. And, uh, I said parent teachers conference, first thing out of every teacher's mouth, it was hilarious is yeah, the neatest kid, you know, and uh Aww, that's gotta be good to hear. And, and always respectful. And, and respectful, caring, how he listens to the teacher. I mean, it was uh and then the daycares. Um oh,
1: they loved him.
2: And early on, this will come in a play later, something popped in my mind, I remember Brandon for the life of us. I, he was two and it, his potty training was taking forever. And, and it was uh it was like we thought something could be wrong, but we were doing everything we could. And then one day he just started using it, and where it got strange is the daycare. <laughs> he was at daycare one day, and he they were looking for him, he disappeared, and he comes walking out of the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they couldn't believe it I mean he went from diapers to the toilet just like that and and that was Brandon that was a classic Brandon though it it, uh, was just classic of Brandon they they couldn't believe it we couldn't believe it ourselves hearing this story but it was just like that from that day on he used the bathroom never looked back ever
0: so he was going to do things when he wanted to do them
2: then exactly and it was perfect when I say perfectionist for the most part it was more of a pursuit of wow for himself it, it was nothing to impress people by any means.
0: so how did he uh what made him join the navy and how did he how did he embark on that journey in his life
2: well he you know that is a, a somewhat of a mystery when I, I say that I have an explanation to a certain degree but when I was in Navy recruiting, I, uh, the military, I witnessed the military when I was up there in rank, but it has it, it changed. I'm not gonna say too much more than that. It changed a lot and I didn't like what I was seeing. I didn't, I didn't like uh, what they were doing. And it was obvious that I, I did not want our son joining the military, period. Really? And, So it, uh, I even bragged about that. That my son's not joining and we had money set aside for college. You could have gone to any college he wanted to. Um, and the, uh, but anyway, he wanted to be a police officer for a little bit. He took classes, school, he did an internship, did very well. And then one day out of the blue, he wanted. He, he said he wanted to join the Navy and be a seal. And it was very shocking to me. And I, I didn't know what to do. I was very, uh, I was upset, but happy at the same time, meaning that, um, it was a heck of a predicament to be in because if I didn't support him, he's going to join anyway. So mm-hmm. and me being in recruiting, I knew this for sure. So it, it was best to support him on it. So we did. And, I got him everything he needed. He wanted some weights and the actual seal mask and fins and all that stuff. We got him all the stuff he needed. Wave vest, everything he wanted he got uh, to train. And he really used it and trained with it. But we don't know where it came from. It it just came out of nowhere. It really did. And how it went from police officer. We do believe, again, he has never admitted this, but we believe he did not like school. When I say that is he did well in school. He didn't do fantastic by any means, but, um, he, he never got bad grades. He just didn't get top grades either. And he never liked school. And we think that was a way cause it was police officer. And then all of a sudden it was Navy seal. It was a way to get out of going to college. I think he was afraid of college and to be honest with you, so was I until, uh, After the military, I went to college, and I was in a, for veterans, there was a prep school I went to, and the professor took a liking to me, and we became friends, and he told me that on his own, and out of nowhere, he said that college is not the dragon that you think it is, and he was right, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to tell you it was easy, although sometimes it was too easy, I, I would laugh over why I was scared, I even shared that with Brandon but we feel it was to avoid college and the fact that he was swimming and he was in sports year round and he, uh, rode his bike everywhere in the karate. We, we feel it just was a natural thing, but he did talk about being SWAT on the police force. He wanted to go SWAT and a lot of SWAT people were prior service. Mm-hmm. So that there was another thing that was unique. So we think that well, we didn't, we know his plan was when once he joined, he wanted to be a SEAL, and then he wasn't sure he was going to continue after the enlistment was up. But he wanted to get on SWAT if he could. But you have to be a police officer first, of course, and work your way to SWAT and earn your way onto it. He knew that, but he also knew that he had a better chance if he had the SEAL background.
0: So then, did he go right from high school to the Navy, or was there a break in between, or
2: a small break? Um, he went the end of September, so he graduated in May, and the end of September he left.
0: Now, did that, uh, did they go right to SEAL training in the Navy? I don't know how that works. Like, I know. He, them.
2: he did. I, I pissed off the world because I was in recruiting, and and uh, I wouldn't let him join without a guaranteed SEAL contract, and they yeah. didn't want to give it to him. I'm like, you know what? He ain't joining. And <laughs> they. Uh,
0: I just happen to know something about this, so you know, let I me tell running. you.
2: They argued with me, I warned them, I told them my background, they didn't care. And then somehow, some way they floated my name up to their chain of command. And those people knew of me, of the past. People tend to come back after a couple of years. I'd been retired a little bit. The people that I worked with before came back, they knew exactly where I was. I'm like, yeah, you gotta give him a seal punch.
0: <laughs> well, cause you did over 20 years, right?
2: I mean- Me too.
0: Yeah. But I was a
2: Navy counselor, and I was in recruiting for 15 years here in Phoenix, Arizona. And so twice, so I know how it is. And don't get me wrong; to get a seal contract, you have to earn it. When I say that, he had to pass all the not only the mental test and the written test, he had to pass the physical part. That physical test is very rough. But we felt that he would do well, and he was training for it. And he did do very well. He passed it the first time. Oh wow. And so much so that again, I guess something I missed is because we're flash forwarding now, is uh so they would work out twice a week as a group
1: here in to, Phoenix.
2: In Phoenix. They had to get there but like 4 30 in the morning or something. And um, it was far. It's like 25 miles away. But anyway, they ride shared and all that. The people that were gonna be try to become SEALs, I guess, that had SEAL contracts. Trying to get, them. And so he would go work out and we were, um, we were standing there one time and the last thing they do is the run and it's all right after another, you, you swim so far, then you do pushups, sit ups, pull up, ups, yeah. then you have to run and it's right after another, the breaks are minimal, a couple of minutes at, at best. And, so he starts. He does the run, and the guy sitting there that's in charge, the seal guy, and he starts laughing because he looks at his watch and he says, "Oh, Brandon will be coming around the corner any second now." And sure enough, there's Brandon. There he was,
1: big smile on his big face. smile
2: on his face. Number one, he comes by, runs by, turns around and goes back and helps every single one of them come across the finish.
1: Line. Encouraging, especially yes, the, encouraging the ones in, in last place.
2: So um, we knew he was going to do well. They knew he would do well on the test, and he did. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to tell you he got the best score ever, but he did very well, and he was in a percentile that increased his chances, even though you're against all odds becoming a SEAL. Of, he actually had a small percentage advantage because he had a higher score on the test. A physical test of succeeding. And again, that percentage was small, but it was something. <laughs>
1: and he got yeah. it on his first try too.
2: Right. And he helped many people get past it because they didn't get in on their first try. And he helped many of those people get it. And they all became friends so much so that uh, when Brandon had left, the ones that were behind, they all vowed to help each other and they helped us move. They actually physically yeah. helped us move and we didn't know them that well. And they helped us move our house. And they had no problem until 2 in the morning, too. So uh, they uh, were very good people. And they were his true fans here in Arizona, too. Unfortunately, none of them made it through either. But, again, they, uh, Brandon made it the furthest out of all of them. And, uh, unfortunately, they didn't make it through. But they were good people, very good people. And they kept in touch with Tim. And they were his true good friends, part of his true good friends. They cared about him and liked him.
0: So what happened to Brandon? What happened in um, school that he did not complete it? Or,
2: well, what happened is Brandon was having leg pain, and he went to medical as you're supposed to. And the, I don't even know that the guy was a doctor. Well, for simplicity, I'll call him a doctor. I think he was a corpsman. The guy said, "You have severe skin splints." Refused to do X-rays. I'm not going to waste an X-ray on you. And um, so Brandon left, listened to him and then he went back again and he says, you know, this is not shin splints. I, I work through shin splints. I know how to work through them. This is worse I than know that. what they are. Yeah. And, and I'm not doing an extra, get out of here. So he did. And what happened is, um, one morning he, uh, about six in the morning, he was on the beach and they carry rafts. at that time. Things have changed now but back then they used to carry the wraps as a group, like eight people, I'll call it. And he, there are certain positions that if you're shorter or better and he wanted to trade with people, they wouldn't trade with them. And it was nothing personal. It's just at six in the morning, (laughs) you've been working out you're, you're, you know, you know, you have something that is going to help you. So you keep it, I guess. And so he was there. And next thing you know, he fell to the ground and, and, uh, literally passed out and they drove a pickup truck. They threw him in the back of the truck, took them to the famous bell. If you don't know what that is, you have to ring the bell to get out of seals, no matter what. And you're supposed to, by their rules, ring it yourself. That means you quit. In Brandon's case, Brandon wouldn't ring it. So they rang it for him, which was unfair and they didn't even take him to medical. So I uh, I couldn't believe it. I was floored, but when I got the call, so I made Brandon go to medical, but they had already processed him out of there. They got rid of people quickly. And one of the reasons was they only had so much space and that is the truth. Mm-hmm. And so Brandon went to the doctor. The doctor told him, the actual doctor, <laughs> And told him the same thing. He said, well, you know, you have severe shin splints, but, uh, I'm going to take an x-ray for the heck of it. And, um, if something's there, I'll call you, but don't expect a call. Sure enough, within an hour, the doctor called him and says, Hey, you got your legs fractured in four spots. Get back here. Two Two spots. Get back here right now. Brandon was running. Literally. I'm not exaggerating to you for well over two weeks in the actual seal training called BUDS. He was running 20 miles a day and doing all that stuff with a broken leg. That's crazy. And, and they didn't take on the medical either. And they refused to take an x-ray. Had they taken an x-ray, what would happen is this is SOP. It needs to be approved. But in his case, it would have, because he was doing well. They, uh, you, you heal your leg, you go to rehab, you start over again at a certain point, And then, um, So basically you're set back and then you uh, come back and that's what should have happened to him. Now, there is something else ironic that happened when Brandon collapsed that day. A couple hours later in the pool, that is the day, if you don't know the name, Loveless. Derek. Derek Loveless was drowned in the pool by the instructors. I mean, I remember reading about it. It was ruled a homicide. Brandon knew him. Brandon would have been in the pool. I, I'm not telling you, Brandon would have drowned. I'm saying he would have been there for it. And um, they, those people we believe are the same people that rang the bell for him. They they had some serious uh, hazing issues, yeah. I guess I'll call it. And from that point on, skill training changed dramatically because of that. But He did die that day, ironically. And um, so if Brandon would have been brought to medical, that would have been Brandon would have come back and um, been with another company, of course, but he would have come back and SEAL training actually changed where I'm not going to tell you it was easier because I I find it hard to believe it was easier. It was just different. Mm -hmm. And the difference was actually in favor of them. And again, we're talking small percentages here. Remember, you're very hard to be a seal. I mean, it's like 0.00001% of the population ever makes it through. So, um, but that's what happened to him. He was, uh, when you don't make it through seals at that particular time, you're at the mercy of the Navy. Brandon knew this. I had told him this. I knew this from experience. I warned him and they offered him a couple of jobs and he picked the best one. We talked about it on the phone. Just to let you know what he was dealing with, too, is um, I told you every one of those friends didn't make it through. Brandon had them call me when they were doing this process. It's called reclassification. And they were asking me, based upon what they were offered. well, most of them only really offered two or three things based upon their score and availability. And I would go over and tell them what each job was, and we'd go over it. They had a half hour to pick, and if they didn't pick in a half hour, they would pick it for them. And I could the I'm kidding you not. I'm bad hearing. I could hear the people in the background every time too saying, "You have ten minutes left, five minutes left." That's how sad that they treated those people like that. The elite of the elite, they're trying to become a seal with scores that are incredible. Mm -hmm. These
3: are
2: it's at least a seventy or above, and then the highest scores are ninety nine. So you tell me that. Brandon had like a 76 or something. And um, so, anyway, we picked the job. They sent him away. I couldn't believe they sent him away with a broken leg. They sent him to Pensacola at a broken leg to school. Unbelievable. But again, I, okay, no problem. So, Brandon went to school. He passed school and went to his new squadron. And I did answer your question on the show sure or else you wanted me to go with
0: it. Oh no! Please keep. continue you? Well, let's go back to picking your. I we I would call it MOS, but re, you call it reclassing or.
2: Was... It, it's called in our thing. It's called um, rating. A rating.
0: A rating, okay.
1: But
2: so MOS... they would,
0: they would just go to an office and they would just be thrown a couple. Here's this is what's open or.
1: Basically, they had a printout. Right. A printout
2: that they got from. Uh, what was available it's ironically similar to what recruiting is recruitings would be uh better because um it's just i don't know it would just be a better product in the end they were just showing what's available based upon seats open immediately and what he qualified for and none of it was what he wanted to do and there's nothing we could do and I, I tried to help him. When I say that I did help him pick the job. I'm saying, I talked to people there. They laughed at me. There was nothing I could do. I was retired. The point is I'm like, all right, whatever. And so the plan was to go. And at that time, Brandon wanted to go back to the seal. So the plan was he was going to go to the squadron for two years and he was going to come back to seal. that. That was his plan. And so it was just, Something to do for two years, to him, and ironically, he got to go to a a, a, a nice school again. Electrician is a very respectable job, and he got um, the training, and he went to advanced training on top of that. So he got a bunch of schooling, valuable schooling that would benefit him for the rest of his life. Even if he wanted to go swap, police officer, seal, he'd know how to do electrical stuff and electronic stuff because they work together. They have a Electronic is called AT. He was a AE, which is an electrician. They work together, so they basically do the same thing. So he learns the other end too, by de facto. So he'd be electronics technician for all practical purposes.
0: Okay, but he did com- he did go to that school and he did complete that training then.
2: He sure did. Okay. too, he was he got to go to advanced schooling too. And then so what? he Gets to go to that.
0: And then where was his first duty station, or is that the same place?
2: No, yes. it was, uh, he went to advanced training in Norfolk, Virginia, and his duty station was in Norfolk, Virginia, at a squadron. Okay. HSC 28.
1: Helicopter Sea Combat
2: Squadron 28.
0: So how did he like this student when he first got there? How was his...
2: Well, from the get go, he went there from before he started school for a few days and they did not treat him very well. But again, when you're junior in the ranks and all that, you have to remember. I I remember how I was treated, although I I honestly could tell you I was treated better than that. And he described. And Brandon doesn't lie. It's one thing about Brandon, he don't lie. not a uh, good one either. Yeah. <laughs> brother, he, uh, he. Said that from day one, but he went to advanced training and he came back and officially checked in the command, and they immediately treated him badly and they assigned him to sell candy.
1: They kept calling him a buds dud,
2: and they started calling him names, which is unheard of. When I was in the Navy and in recruiting in particular, the SEALs we they were like people above something. They were like the elite of elite. It was like. Joe Montana, I, I mean, these people were awesome people, I, whether they made it through or not, just to get, just to, get to week three like Brandon did, is, is an act in itself. So, so think about it, 25 friends, Brandon made it the furthest, none of them made it that far. They were all good people, they are well-trained, yet that's how hard it is to get to that point, yet alone continue on and make it through. And Brandon knew he was against all odds, but the physical part, Brandon had down. We were worried about the mental part because the mental part is the part that usually gets them, um, the ones that can handle the physical parts. And um, so I couldn't believe they did that to him. Bud's done. Unbelievable. And, And what was funny is they had a physical fitness test when he got there and he beat everybody, hands down. There was people mad that he beat them. Because the air crewmen in the command were usually the ones that always got the best score. Brandon did it, and he hadn't worked out <laughs> in a while, and he did it like it was nothing. They couldn't believe it. And, and of course,
1: he got he got uh,
2: he picked on, yeah. yeah,
1: for for that.
2: Yeah, and part of it is because where that comes from, in my opinion, is they joined to be a seal to become a seal. And the sad part is, if you don't make it through SEALs, you're at the mercy of the Navy. The way it should be is that the mercy of the Navy is fine to a certain degree, but they should just let them out. But really, the right thing to do is to let them pick a job they want to do and give it to them. And we did that in recruiting. There was a time in recruiting where it hurt so bad, we gave people whatever they wanted, and we put them out and found a way to give them the job. It was like hilarious. And this was from the top down here. This is not a something we were doing uh, in order to make goal in recruiting, that's what we had to do. So it is doable. Ironically, Brandon asked us in his letter to get that changed and we, ironically, um, when we went to DC, we met in person with Senator Kane and Senator Kane was familiar with the procedure because his son had been through it and he knew exactly what happened to Brandon. And he wanted to change that himself. So they inquired about it. And ironically, the Navy had a test program to change it. And we believe it was accepted. And now they're treated totally different because we've read, uh, I've seen remarks on there that they ought to have a bronze statue of Brandon outside the naval base because he changed everything for uh, SEALs for the future and all that because of uh, what happened to him um, changed way things were later and loveless too but i'm just pointing out brandon was part of that because brandon wrote in writing he wanted it changed because his philosophy was and i don't want anybody to misinterpret that in his letter he gave a letter to co he said i wouldn't be here in this situation if that process was done properly that's exactly what he's saying he wouldn't have been there. He wouldn't have been subjected to all that garbage because he would have been elsewhere Mm -hmm. doing something that he wanted to do that he earned the right to do.
0: Mm -hmm. So So what exactly um, are they changing about that process though? That they are allowing them to take a deeper look at what they want to to do?
2: Something in lines with what they'd like to do. In Brandon's case, he wanted to do, and this is special warfare ratings also. Again, this is not the top ones by any means, but you have... EOD, which is explosive ordnance, So people that defuse bombs, you have divers and you have air crewmen and Brandon wanted to do one of those three. And he was qualified to do them, but he wasn't offered it. And mm. it was sad that he wasn't other people. Some of his friends got that ironically before him. Some of them got that. He did not. And It all has to do with the day that they do that process I told you about. If I could have delayed that day, things would have been different. Then again, he might not have had the AE, which again, they were all bad options, but it was the best of the bad options. So the next day could have been all bad options and no best bad options. So it was a roll of the dice, but it was unfair to these people that they had to be treated like that because they deserve better it should just start anew, just like you're joining the Navy. That's what it should do. And ironically, that is the change that's supposedly implemented. Um, I believe it is, I read enough about it where I believe it is implemented.
0: Or also if they could pick their job before they start their training prior to, but I guess-
2: You know, that would be another way to do it. and, and they could do it. They, I know what they would say, why they won't do it, because, well, there's not going to be a school seat. We don't know there will be. The problem, the thing is, you could send them to uh, where they're going to go and have them wait. That's what we did in recruiting. Okay. I, that's how we made gold that one year. That we, were, we we sent them there, and they sat there for months waiting to go to school. It's one of those things we had to do, and it had to be done. And the Navy did it because it had to be done. But in their case, they they use, it's kind of like a sad part is they're using the SEAL recruiting as a way to fill billets that nobody wants to do in the military. That's exactly what it is.
0: Okay. So whatever's left over goes to them sort of as a punishment for not passing or just to be jerks.
2: Exactly. And it's not fair. And it was not fair to him, but it wasn't fair to the others either. Again, some people lucked out. I, one guy got hospital quorum He was very happy with that. It's in the medical field. Another one got EOD. One of them got right military, uh, excuse me, master in Arms. Another one got intelligence. I mean, some of them got some really good stuff. And they didn't have higher scores than Brandon. Just the luck of the day. If Brandon would have collapsed the day before, all this would have changed. If Brandon would have collapsed two days later, or Loveless thing, everything could anything could have changed would happen if it would have just happened differently but we we could say that about a lot of things in life i understand that
0: well to kind of fast forward um so uh, so he's he's at his new unit and he the command climate is just not not a healthy one and then what kind of what transpired after that because it sounds like a lot of things kind of started to go downhill for brandon um that you know were not necessarily his fault
2: well true and it it happened over time. I mean, from from the moment he checked in, not, not that pre check-in I told you about the actual, he claimed everybody in that command hated him and I didn't believe him. I've heard that before. I think I've said that before <laughs> where I've been. And, I've said
0: that before about my command. Yeah.
2: Yeah, And sure. so again, we didn't believe it, but he did have a few friends there. and they just, he was selling candy. I, I, you have to really look in, in your mind, you have to think about something. He and that is illegal to do that. I don't care how they hide it and cover it. It's waste, fraud, and abuse at its best. And I'm here to tell you, taxpayers, and I ain't exaggerating. Here's the deal. Four of them sell candy at Air squadron. Brandon was in a helo squadron. There are 13 of those in Norfolk, Virginia. That means 13 times four is selling candy. It costs the government approximately $100,000 a year per person. So 400 grand a year is being wasted for somebody to sell candy times 13 for helo squadrons. Now let's bring the air squadrons in every aviation command in the United States and the world. And the number is in the billions. So you're paying for that, just so you know that.
0: Well, back up. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, but back up a little bit so our listeners understand. So, my understanding of selling candy is kind of like it's an extra duty or something that you do just because they they tell you it's right. It's a pat. It's something that you have to do. Or like, what is exactly the selling candy thing? Working in the canteen. And maybe
2: they call it ghee but one could say it's the snack bar. Okay. And that's yeah. what we have vending machines for in this world. But apparently, they don't use vending machines, I guess. I don't know what to tell you there. I, I never been in an aviation squadron, but it, uh, it he was just selling candy. What it was is food for people when they are hungry. That is exactly what it is. So, because they work three shifts, different shifts, um, different hours. And it was so they could have food quickly. And the, the theory behind it is they'd get more work out of them. But that that's an outright lie. There's no evidence of that. And on top of that, America wants to eat healthy and everything. How in the world is that promoting it? Yeah, they have sandwiches and stuff, but it's not. And they were making money off it. That's the other thing. It went to welfare and rec, but they were making money off it. So they're making money off of you paying uh, for them to do that. But the problem was that Brandon just went to school for seven months and it cost the government probably $500,000 to send him to school. He had no business doing that. That is a job that a non-rated Airmen does, and they're not even supposed to do it. Um, he was not supposed to be doing that. So
0: why sure. was he? Why, why was he not working in his job? They said
2: that his shop was overmanned. And ironically, that was the excuse for the whole time he was there. So apparently they were overmanned tremendously, but they couldn't rotate people through that. They couldn't have put him in the shop and put somebody else there that had already been in the shop. That's how you do things in the military. Doesn't You don't leave somebody there because you like these people better or they're already here, so why would I put them over there? That's not the thinking. You rotate them through to give people training. You need those people to learn the skills to work on that helicopter. You need that electrician. You need those junior people to become experts, to troubleshoot, to keep that pilot in the air and keep that aircraft going. And Brandon never worked a second in his radio, literally never a second in his rating and it was wrong to have him sell candy ironically i will tell you this i'll make you laugh brandon was good at it they loved him in the candy smiling away getting candy from him they look forward to seeing brandon and talking to him and brandon making their day you don't know how many people told us that that we got to talk to and they like he was good at it hardest best worker in the command read his evo. it's online they wrote that not me that's exactly Brandon. He They used to send him, this guy is an E3, and they sent him, um, somebody had to drive him, of course. They would send him with the command credit card, which had a name of a person that wasn't even there anymore for a couple of years, to Sam's Club. And Brandon would buy all the stuff for them. It's an E3. I mean, that's a job for E4s, five, sixes. 6s. He was an E3 doing it. They entrusted him. And he'd buy all kinds of stuff they liked. He'd get them the stuff they liked. They loved it. He made candy fun and, um, for them, not so much him. I mean, he was just, so what Brandon did is he came out, he came home on leave and he came up with something. We thought he was going back to seals. He said, I don't want to go back to seals. What? (laughs) You know, we're like shocked. He goes, here's why I don't want to go back to SEALs. Many people in my command have tried to do that, and they have blackballed them and prevented them from doing it. I'm like, what do you mean, Brandon? He said, oh, they would call and talk bad about them and stuff like that. And I'm like, you're kidding me. He goes, no, and I'm telling you, this is true. It's not sea lawyer stuff. It is truth. So he masterminds something that was remarkable, in my opinion. He, he said, I'm going to go air crewman. I'm like, okay. He goes, well, it pertains to my rating. My rating qualifies for it. We're an aviation command. We have to support aviation. I'm going air Aaron Krollman. Like, okay, well, that's going to be a cakewalk for you physically. I mean, Brandon is in the top shape you could be. Um, and, and it's
1: considered a special yeah, yeah. program.
2: So Brandon puts this in motion. Well, they say, well, you have to get this class three swim call. So he goes to get it. And the command's not too happy about it, but he went to go get in. The pool was closed. And the pool was closed for a month. It was getting refurbished, so he couldn't do it. So he had to wait. He went back, got the certification, put in the, he did all the stuff for the package. He put it in. And sure enough, he was accepted. And he uh, he got through immediately. And there was a lot of people that worked in candy and what's called the flight line, they were livid that Brandon got this. And all Brandon did is put in a package. He took the initiative to put it in, he worked hard and he put it in and got it. And he had orders leaving February 2018. That was his way out of there. He could not wait. That was how he was gonna get away from them. And there were, I don't recall everything, but in a nutshell, there was a lot of illegal things going on in that command that I was livid about in the way they treated him. And the thing about it was we couldn't do anything we could have anonymously, but still, even anonymously, we were afraid it could possibly point back to him. So the best plan was to get him out of there. Then we could turn them in and um, we could even add his name to it if we wanted to. It wouldn't matter. And so we were waiting for him to leave. And, but on the flip side... His commanding officer at that time, he liked Brandon a lot. That's because Brandon's smile made you want to smile. He made the CO's day every time. He would talk to Brandon. He loved his smile. And he couldn't wait for Brandon to go air current. Like I said, in the military, it is your job as a command to support the needs in the military. No matter what your needs are, you need to support them. If you have somebody qualified, then you need to get them in those programs because the Navy needs them.
0: Right. And why would you not want to career progression? Like, why would you not want them to go to these programs?
2: Correct. But a lot of excuses is we don't have enough personnel. In Brandon's case, remember, shops over man. Right. The reasons why it went through so quick, is it not? I mean, come on. That's why it went through so quickly. Plus, it was natural since he was in SEAL training, the guy was qualified to do it. But he had a he was going to make it through hands down unless there, you know, academically, it could have gotten, but there's no way, Brandon. If you want to make it through a school, you will make it, meaning they have ways to make it through, as in you go to extra study and all that, you'll get through. If you want to get through, you'll get through. If you don't, then you won't. So um, anyway, unfortunately, so he gets the orders and in October of 2018, he was, Riding his bike into work, he was right in front of the command, and he, 17. or 17, excuse me, and he, his handle grip fell off, his handlebars slipped off, and he fell to the ground and broke his collarbone. They could see it immediately, too. It was a freak people out, apparently. He took him away in an ambulance, and he had a broken collarbone, so he was, uh, rehabilitating the collarbone, going on the medical stuff, wearing a brace, doing everything they said. Now, ironically, I, I want to skip this part. He had left Candy for a few months and went to the flight line. This flight line launches Helos and it is claimed that everybody is to work on the flight line. However common the flip side of it is, that's not a true statement. You're rated airmen. You keep them away from there and Brandon was a rated airman, you put your airman on there. And if you do put somebody on there, you only leave them there for a little bit and you get them out of there. Okay. You rotate people through, but Brandon already in theory did. If you want to say his, God, I don't have a better word for it. Sorry. Garbage job. He did sold candy for Mm -hmm. his shit job. Yeah. Yeah. So he shouldn't have been sent there, but he was there. He broke his collarbone due to the fact that you're not allowed to work there with broken collarbone. They sent him back to the candy. They could have easily sent him to a shop. So that's the second time they could have sent him to a shop. Um, after he got his orders, they actually should have sent him. Remember he's in surplus here. Should have sent him with the air crewman. They had air crewmen in that command. He should have been working with them, mm-hmm. learning it. And especially if you have limited duty, they could have put him to work. They could have loved to have him. They didn't do it. So he, he's selling candy again and he's healing and he, um, in February they come up to him and say, well, we canceled your orders. He's like, why? And I'm like, why? I'm a Navy counselor. Don't forget that. And uh, that doesn't make sense to me. They're like, well, we we canceled them because uh, you have a broken collarbone. And I'm like, that don't make sense because uh, you, he transferred on a broken leg. I mean, if you speak of limited, you're, you're more, you could do more with a broken collarbone than you can a broken leg by far. And that doesn't make sense. They said, well, what we did is we canceled it. And as soon as you're found fit for duty, you're out of here. He's, the detail is going to get you out of here in two weeks. Brandon's like, whatever. He didn't agree to it. He just, what could he do? That's what they did. We never understood why they did that. And there's a secret in there somewhere. And again, we'll never know quite the answers, but There something was going on, whatever that was. They know they're not going to tell us, so the public's never going to know. But something was going on internally, and it had to do with greed, and it had to do with uh, some people being jealous of Brandon going air crewman is what it had to do with. So anyway, on March twenty eighth, he's found fit for duty. Runs to the Navy counselor to command that is his self proclaimed mentor. Told people this, and I talked to him many times. I became I guess friends with him and I held positions way higher than that guy ever held. I had some big shot positions when it came to Navy counselor.
1: And I I knew a lot about
2: Navy counseling and I knew about the recruiting side and the other side, this guy only knew the fleet side. I knew both. And the uh, so we hit it off and he did help Brandon, but again, he was doing his job too, but he, it just so happened. Brandon was a great person. He liked Brandon. So he goes up to him, and the guy's not even too thrilled that Brandon got fit for duty. I mean, Brandon's smiling away. He's Get me out of here. He's like, Well, you know, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't say that. And he's like, What are you talking about? He's like, I'm supposed to be out here in two weeks. Well, no, no, no. I got to look into it. Let me call the detailer and the community manager, and I'll, I'll find out exactly. So then he avoids Brandon for two weeks, literally. Brandon tracks him down, finally corners him. And I was like, Well, I called, and you had to redo your package. And, that, and that's the application to become air crewman. You have to do it all over again. But Brandon's like, that don't make sense. Brandon tells me. I'm like, that is garbage. That is not true. Why? Well, that's what he said you have to do. I'm like, all right, Brandon, do what they want. You know, fine. You're better off doing what they want than you are fighting this, okay, in the circumstance that you're telling me you're in. So he did it all over again. And they sent him back to the flight line. Why, uh, on March 28th. So he was found fit for duty on the flight line. They sent him back to the flight line. They could have sent him to the shop. They could have sent him to the air crewman. They sent him to the flight line again. So Brandon's in this command for two years and he sells candy and works on a flight line. The two shit jobs of the command. Brandon masters both of them too, because he gets good evals or at least high praise about what he does. And it's on statements, you can read them in there. There's people that put in there that Brandon would volunteer for every terrible job there is. He didn't care, he'd do it smiling away. They couldn't believe it. That Brandon was the go-to guy. And I'm here to tell you, you dream about having people like that in your command. I could count on my hand how many times I had people like that and you worship those people. I don't care what rank they are, you are privileged to have somebody like that in the low ranks. You want those people. And Brandon was contagious. Because he would actually, here's how it worked. Brandon would do his work. He'd go help other people do their work. And then he'd go up to his famous supervisor by the last name of Rose. And he'd ask for more work. And his supervisor would look him in the face and say, hey, Caserta, go make yourself um, useful useful somewhere else. That's what he would say to him. So Brandon would, okay. Okay. So he'd go help other people in the command. That was Brandon, whatever, smiling away too, just pissing the world off by smiling. Um, And I think Brandon used that as a way to keep in shape too, just so you know. He kind of figured if I can get all, you know, do this, lift things, do all this stuff, I'll keep in better shape. So it's kind of like a workout during the day too for Brandon. And so he was doing that. He redid the package He completed it.
0: Late question for you though: Is that standard procedure that that packet would have had to be redone?
2: No, it is not. And okay. turns out that after Brandon died, um, I called the community manager and the detailer. Because I was a navy counselor, I told them that, and I even um, identified myself with my name. <laughs> and they talked to me, and I asked them why they made him redo that and why they didn't get him orders out of there quicker. And they openly told me they didn't know what I was talking about. They said they'd been waiting for him and all they needed to know he was fit for duty. And they said they never said that. And they said, We ain't talked to his command since September of 2017. Here we are. I'm calling him in July 2018. Brandon's dead. This counselor claimed he called them and talked to them. It was an outright lie. And he said he did not need to redo it. He said he, all he needed to do is be found fit for duty. And he said, Everything was good for a year. So it was good till September of 2018. He said he already had the CO's endorsement. Everything was good to go. He was waiting for him because they need people. And Brandon was going to do the hardest job out of um, the air crewman. It was like the one that you go through the most schooling by far. And he's going to be flying in planes too. And um, uh, it's tracking down submarines is what it is. And it's, there's a lot to it. And that's what he was going to do. But he learns how to repair the equipment, too. You don't just operate, you repair it. And so he, um, they needed him. The guy couldn't believe it. So whether or not he knew Brandon was dead at the time when I called him, I have no idea, but he was pretty upset. He even asked why I was calling. I just said, I'm trying to help the kid out. That's all I said. He didn't say anything. I wasn't going to volunteer anything else. I heard enough. So you'll read somewhere in there where they, they claim that, he only had to redo the medical portion of it or something. And and that's not even true. Here's why that lie does not hold. Let's just say it was true for argument's sake. How did they know he had to redo the medical portion if they never talked to the detailer? But to take it a step further, let's go with this lie. Every year in aviation, in Brandon's rating, you have to have a physical. Brandon went through a physical in April of 2018. Brandon passed the physical. He did blood work and everything. If he passed the physical, that was good enough right there. Why did he have to redo another physical? And why do you have to redo everything? That was already done. So that's an outright lie. They're they're lying. Again, these people couldn't tell the truth if you paid them. They're just not capable of it. Um, Their mouth's moving. They're lying, apparently, in this command. Um, So that was an outright lie, it turned out. Had Brandon gotten orders out of there He'd be alive today. There's no doubt in our mind. So, next thing was they wanted him. uh, The first thing is started with Brandon. This LPO picked on Brandon all the time. And another example I'll give you quickly is he. uh, We sent Brandon a package for Christmas, and this guy apparently got the mail, and at quarters in the morning. That's where everybody gathers in the morning. They call it muster, and he went there with the package, he walked in the middle because he's in front of everybody and he dropped Brandon's package to the ground and said, this is for you, Caserta, and turned around and walked away.
1: It made him go up and get it in front of everybody.
2: Ironically, and I kid you not, there were a few things that were semi-delicate in there too that we had sent him. It was just a, a flat rate, large box, so it wasn't, it was packed to the gills and nothing did break. I give him that. He lucked out there. But that's how he treated Brandon. And he treated everyone like that. Everybody witnessed it. Everybody knew about it. Nobody did anything about it. And the people that stood up to him were on deployment. He was on deployment with them and they got him kicked off deployment because of that. And he came back to command. That's the only reason he was in charge of Brandon again. He was actually in charge of Brandon before he left too. And He continued to pick on Brandon. I was told by several people, this is their words, not mine, that Brandon had a target on his back from this guy. And one of the reasons was because Brandon smiled. Like I said, you couldn't get to Brandon. See, Brandon, one thing about Brandon, I I know the way the story ends, doesn't seem like it, but I'm here to tell you, Brandon had a shield of armor that I can't even explain it to you. It was so tough. He did. This is factual, Brandon. So in order to penetrate that shield of armor, you can imagine what they were doing to this kid. Because there's things I found out after the fact, I had no idea that he didn't tell us. And they mess with this kid all the time. And it's wrong that people witnessed it and didn't do anything. That's the part that irks me the most.
0: Well, and and like you talked about earlier, is that this... This well, it would have been his first line supervisor that we're talking about, right? So th- this person or this soldier had a past of toxic leadership that had been counseled and that had almost had gone through retraining and anger management and all these things, and then here he is again
2: with young soldiers. All that thought, please, that sparked something. Anger management. This you don't know this. They put in the report that he went through anger management. That's where you got that. Did you not? I got
0: that out of an article. Yes. So we get so pretty much ahead of been in some report.
2: And they put it in the investigation that he was sent to anger management. Right. Guess what? In one of the FOIAs turns out he didn't go to anger management. He never went. So that, was, went. that was bullshit. You got it.
0: <laughs> mm, so it's like remedial training. Uh, you're going to go to anger management, but then we're just going to slide this under the rug and. And I'm going to give you more soldiers so you can continue to be a toxic leader. Was there nobody there
2: to put the, to put this soldier in check? They, they didn't, there was, they, they, they were, he was one of them. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He was a toxic, abusive leader and abusive powers going on. The CO had changed the XO had taken over. Apparently the XO must've had in his blood to support this stuff. And they must've recruited the XO into their way. That's how it works or the XO was already their way. And they knew when he took over that they could do whatever they wanted. So he took over, the CEO that loved Brandon supported him left and they took full advantage of that. Why did they single out Brandon? Well, there were many people that were treated badly. They just openly won't admit it because somehow some way either they survived or they benefited by keeping their mouth shut when it came to Brandon. A lot of people benefited they got awards, high evals, advancement, you name it, they got it, trust me, to keep their mouth shut. Plus they were threatened on top of that with the mutiny order. And so they knew about him. He was one of them. They didn't care, they, they didn't care.
1: They put him back in charge as a leadership challenge, yet nobody- he, he was the leadership challenge or? Yes. That's
2: what they said. Okay, And they were supposed to keep a leash around him. And on top of that, The counselor by the name of Remy Spence, self-proclaimed mentor of Brandon's, friend of mine, he defended Brandon against bros many a times. He he did. You'll never read that because he'll never admit it, but he did. And actually, that's one of the things that happened towards the end. He turned his back on Brandon. That crushed Brandon. A matter of fact, that last weekend Brandon was alive, that's all Brandon talked about, was how hurt he was Did that, that guy turn his back on him. And so everybody knew about bros. The sad part is the Navy counselor has a direct link to the CO and he works for the EXO. He could easily help Brandon, easily. So we need to get him out of here, here's why. Not, not that he's mistreated, just said, hey, he had orders, this is it, he's he's healed, or I'm getting him out of here, EXO would've said, fine. That's all it would've taken. But somehow, some way, the lower, from the CMC on down, the senior enlisted advisor, they did not want Brandon going for whatever reason. And they bought into him not going too. I mean, these people recruited not to let him go. They didn't wake up one day and say, I don't want him to do it. It doesn't work that way. And so they were doing whatever they could to prevent him from going, unfortunately. And the theory was, if we can't have you, nobody's getting you. And then on top of that, they conveniently. Played doctor and diagnosed him being claustrophobic, even though he wasn't. But I guess I guess they had doctor degrees or so. They're M.D.s or some in that command. I guess if you're a toxic abusive leader, you have M.D. next to your name uh, in that command. So um, they, uh, but that that's exactly what happened. The toxic abusive leadership and of power. They recruit people. It only rises because you allow it to rise. That is why. You need to go after it. We'll talk about more of that later. I'm just pointing out, this is how toxic abusive leadership rides. This command is ground zero for it. And I'll tell you why. Again, I can't believe I have to compliment this command just to let you know this. Apparently before Brandon got there and even some of Brandon's tour there, this command was one of the best commands on the waterfront. They were really good. All those people slowly left And the bad apples, toxic, abusive leaders took over. And that command had the worst reputation. How do I know this? Brandon told me. Others have told me. But to take it a step further, I'll throw you a left curve on this. So Brandon dies. My cousin, who used to be in the Navy, had a friend still in the Navy. He was an E-8. They reconnected. And that guy um, talked to him. And he was telling him about the death that occurred the squatter next to him. And, and my cousin went on to tell him that was my, um, nephew, right? That was my cousin. My cousin. And the guy couldn't believe it. The first thing out of his mouth, he said, man, that command is screwed up. It's hosed though. That place is garbage over there. This is from an independent person that doesn't know Brandon, me, he knows my cousin, but why would he say that if it wasn't true? That that's the reputation they had. And they were very bad. And he said that. So Again, that was a fluke that that happened. I'm just pointing out that's somebody neutral that's not pro anything that gave an opinion that was the waterfront opinion. That was the reputation. They went from being the best to the worst because this XO that took over as CO and all those bad apples took over. And they allowed this to rise. There are people that left that command that they still talk highly about the command, but again, they were higher in rank. Nobody messed with them and if they didn't mess to them, we tend to forget things because we got out of it. We moved on. We put it behind us. That's how we operate, right? Out of
1: sight, out of mind.
2: Yep. So it wasn't too bad. You know, they survived. They didn't get in trouble or there was some people that helped them. And, um, you know, some of those people that were bad apples, they thought were good people, but they were good people to them. Again, they were higher rank, different circumstances, uh, treated differently than Brandon.
0: So then what ultimately happened? I mean, we know that, um, we know that, um, your son died by suicide, but how, how did ultimately that happen?
2: Well, he was, um, they, uh, a couple of things happened. One thing is he came home on leave and, um, for his
1: birthday, yeah,
2: for his birthday, he was, Great to see him. I, I mean, we were the three musketeers. I'm not lying. I'm sorry. We had a unique relationship and uh, he was not a mommy or daddy's boy by any means, but he was a a really good kid. But I mean, we really enjoyed seeing him and him being around and I'm not saying other parents don't, but I'm saying you could take this 100% on what you might see. We really liked him.
3: <laughs> a lot.
2: Yeah. I loved him and we loved this company. And when, he would run to us and hug us when he'd get off that plane. And when he was leaving, we'd all three be crying. It was sad. Um, he'd always text
1: me, the eagle has landed. Yeah, and
2: when he'd, he'd get in. And he went back there. And that's when all this stuff, like I said, something was going on. I, I cannot tell you exactly the whole thing because I don't know it. I only know bits and pieces. One of the things was apparently... The computer reset his qualifications. He was getting a qualification called plane captain. They want everybody and encourage everybody to get it. They'll tell you it's required. That's garbage. When you go to their board, this is factual, told to me by about 20 people now. First question they ask you, are you here voluntarily? Did anybody force you to get this qualification? So obviously it is not required, but they're claiming it is. It is not. However, with Brandon, he was at 90% before he broke his collarbone. He broke his collarbone, and because six months had gone by from the start of it, the computer reset it to zero. Well, since bros didn't like him, bros left it at zero. So they said, hey, you're delinquent. You're in trouble. So they put on extra military instruction. That means he had to work two hours extra a day after everybody left to get this qualification. It was not required even Like extra duty. Right, but I want you to remember something. Let's take this a step further. Brandon worked on the qualifications and never ever told anybody to include us that he was not going to do the qualification. He didn't need the qualification because he was going air crew and he was going to be flying in planes. It's kind of hard to launch a plane as a helo and you need different qualifications anyway. So he did not need that qualification and he was working on it. That is dedication. They wanted him to get the thing in two weeks. Well, I got news for you. When you do stuff like that, bad things happen and you're gonna see how bad things happen too. Um, They wanted him to be ready to go to the board in two weeks. Brandon's like, I'm not ready to go to the board. And they're like, yeah, you will be. You will get to sign off and you will be done in two weeks. You will be board ready. And Brandon's like, I don't do things that way. Like, yeah, you do. You do what you're told. So Brandon was gonna do what he was told. I told him to do it too. Just go with it again, do what they want, play their game, get out of here. So
1: get out of there, not here.
2: Yeah, get out of there. So he's doing it. And at the same time, he needed to go to medical to finish that famous redo of the package. Because that was so important. And lord behold, he told bros, he needed to go to medical. That's you check out your boss. That's the rules. So he did. Rose wouldn't let him go. I went through the roof. You can't deny somebody to go to medical. I don't care if it's for blood work. You do not say no for somebody to go to medical. He said, We're too busy, we can't afford to lose you, which is garbage. Then he made up this thing in his statement that's a bunch of garbage, is uh the reason I didn't let him go is because he would have needed a ride because he didn't drive. And I would have had to let somebody else go to be the duty driver to drive him to the hospital to get it done. Well, that's a lovely excuse. And there are people out there that might actually say, you know, that makes sense. Well, that's kind of funny because the clinic that Brandon needed to go to was down the street and he used to walk to the clinic and he was gonna walk to the clinic. He didn't need a ride. So that excuse is garbage. Well, he also had his, his bike pickup. too, right? You got it. And that's what he would have done, ride his bike. He rode his bike everywhere. And um that's how he would have done it. And on top of that, Brandon was famous for getting rides from other people. Remember I told you they work in shifts. Some people would get there early or they weren't there yet. He'd call them and ask for a ride. They never mind to give him He always gave them gas money. they loved him. And so they kept their tanks full. Brandon gave gas money. He was very generous.
1: Yep, a very good amount.
2: Yes. And he appreciated people giving him a ride when he needed it. the only reason you need it for that medical center, apparently the shortest route has a toll or something and a bridge. I don't think you could ride the bike on there. I'm pretty sure you cannot. But he wasn't going there. He'd only been there once or twice, I think. And then once was in an ambulance. Um, the so I was not too happy. I called the NC who was his says mentor slash my friend. And I left them a message. I said, this is wrong. Next thing I know, the NC, I told him what I was gonna do. I told him, you know what I'm gonna do. I didn't say what I was gonna do, but you know what I was gonna do. In other words, I'm gonna call the captain. This is garbage, I'm done, I'm, I've had enough. So I asked him to go help him right now. Next thing I know, my phone rings with the area code in Norfolk, Virginia. Well, that had to be the NC, right? Wasn't was a a guy claiming to be the command master chief said he was a command master chief. That's the senior enlisted advisor. That's about the only other person I would talk to other than the CO. So I talked to him, this guy was literally an ass to me. I kid you not. You read his statement. He turns it around and says, I was, I wish I was a matter of fact, I regret it to this day and I have to live with it. Um, I should have told him where to go because I don't work for him. And, um, I was not calling, well, excuse me, he called me, but I was not speaking as a retired military. I was speaking as a concerned dad for my son's welfare and well-being. Nothing to do with my status, even though he already knew I was retired. Of course, he called me in E-7, when an idiot, um, and I took it, whatever. He claimed there's 50 chiefs in the command. I shouldn't have to be calling you. I'm, <laughs> I didn't ask you to call me, okay? He called me. I have it on my phone and so he's rambling on and on and he's coming up with stuff that brandon's claustrophobic and he's afraid of aircraft and he heard this he said okay but he didn't hear it from brandon he heard this so he obviously bros is planting this rumor and brandon was afraid of aircraft and claustrophobic and he obviously told this guy this so I said, Brandon needs to go air crew and he's out of there. Well, he's saying, I'm not sure we're going to support that. But the CO may trump us. I'm like, well, you, you can't. You have to support it. You don't have a choice. There's no reason not to support it. And what do you mean you're not going to support it? It's already approved. Well, you know, uh, you know, and he's come up with all. He's not done with the physical and all his other stuff. So, I well, I said, it's funny you said that because he would have been done today. You let him go do the blood work that he didn't need, that he had already had three weeks prior that no one will talk about. And so, um, this guy goes on and on. So by the end of the call, he nicens up a little bit. He says, he's going to talk to Brandon tomorrow. He says, I got your, um, back brother. He said that four times. Ironically, if you ask people in that command, that is that guy's terminology. That is not mine.
0: I've got your back brother.
2: You got it as a fellow Navy brother. And Here's how that proceeded. The next morning, Brandon was called into an office. He went and talked to that guy. The guy was yelling at him so hard he was spitting on Brandon. I kid you not. Brandon was getting so. Brandon put this in text, too. When Brandon was done, after he told me about the spitting, the first thing out of Brandon's text, it said, you did not talk to the command master chief. I said, what are you talking about? He said he was the command master chief. He goes, he's not. He said, he's the maintenance master chief. He goes, I've never seen this guy before, but he's the maintenance master chief. I said, what the heck is he calling me for? Okay. Why did that happen that way? Everyone then to asked. It doesn't make sense. Well, I'll make sense for you. NC1 Spence knew that I was going to call the CO. NC1 Spence knew about all the shenanigans going on to prevent Brandon from going air crewing. The only one that didn't know was Brandon. He didn't have the guts to stand up for Brandon and he had the guts to tell the XO. So if I got to the CEO, I was going to get everyone in trouble. And, and in trouble was nothing. Okay. In this case, honestly, if you really gave a thought, but in other words, Brandon would be out of there within minutes, literally out of that command. And so Spence told this guy because he knew That the only person I probably talked to other than the CEO would be probably the executive officer or the senior enlisted advisor. So the guy posed as a senior enlisted advisor on purpose. Biggest mistake of my life, my son be alive today if that event wouldn't happen that way, because I had no idea. So after he told me that, I wasn't too happy. However, all he wanted, he ordered Brandon, get the quals done, do his EMI, and Um, Be board ready in two weeks. I'm like, Brandon, can you do that? Brandon told me yes. I said, are you sure? He said, yes. Did you tell him that? He said, yes. He said, okay, we're good. Left it at that. Brandon's going to get his blood work done, finish the package, and get out of there. That was the plan. So next thing you know, the next day, he goes into work. And bros comes up to him and tells him to write on a piece of paper his name, social security number, date of birth, home address. Yeah.
1: Social security, yeah.
2: Doesn't tell him why. Brandon asked him why, wouldn't tell him. Grabs it, leaves. Comes back and gets Brandon. Half hour later, they bring him into a room with seven people are in this room. It's believed to be the chief's mess. I don't know. Brandon never told me exactly what room this was. There's an E7 on the computer, last name Delessandro. He is supposedly from Arizona. So he's on the computer and he has the Arizona DMV site pulled up. And they're looking for a driver's license for Brandon. And he's saying, I can't find anything. Okay. So he asked Brandon, do you have a different address? Again, like I told you, Brandon does not lie. He said, yeah, well, I moved. He did move. And we moved. <laughs> so he gave him the address and something popped up. Well, there's seven people in there was four chiefs, three first class. So that's E6, three E6s, 4 E7s. One of them was his chief by the last name of Hennard. Rose was in there, Spence was in there. And we're not certain about DeLisandro. We don't know who the others were. And so he pulls up all this information. Now, I want you to think about it, if this happened to you at work. You really got to give this some thought. This. And so they want a copy of this driver's license. And so they want Brandon to pay for it. And they want money from Brandon. Brandon had no money. And he showed him in his wallet. They wanted cash. He had no money. So they asked, if he had a credit card? He said, no, but I have a debit card. So the guy, this Del Sondra, comes up to him, grabs his wallet, takes the credit card out, goes up the computer, punches in the credit card number, pays for a duplicate license, changes Brandon's address, changes the address for the license to be sent to this guy. And then gives it back to him and prints out something and looks him in the face and says, it uh, looks like you have a driver's license. Brandon like, looks at him like, whatever. And that was it. That was the end of it. Next thing Brandon knows, they're uh, giving him a counseling shit and wanting him to go to a disciplinary review board for having a driver's license and for um, being claustrophobic, but that got lined out and not doing these qualifications that he was doing that the computer reset to zero that Brandon did nothing about. I, it wasn't his fault. He had nothing to do with that.
1: And I'm sorry to interrupt you. I don't know if you told her. Um, we, Brandon texted us asking us to send his driver's license to him. We had his driver's license here at home. All we had to do was just mail it. And Bros knew this before he went and gave the information to DeLisandro.
2: And they already had the information because Brandon checked at his command with the driver's license. They had the number, it was in the computer system. Matter of fact, it's in statements, they openly admit it. That's how Bros found it.
1: Yeah, that, that whole fiasco of so, D'Alessandro looking never existed.
2: So to give you a few, in my opinion, I'll, I'm going to give you some off the top of my head, but if you really give a thought, this DeLisandro probably violated, along with the famous six others, they violated Privacy Act, HIPAA, uh, organ donor information, um, government computer being used not for official business. Remember, that's not official business right there. During work hours, um, uh, t- stealing, he stole his credit card. That was theft. That has been reported to the Navy. I don't know how many times I've said that. I said, I want to press charges against Alessandro. They don't do anything. They know what he did. And the only reason we didn't know, get the charge overturned is we wanted to leave it so we could prove what this guy did. And so... That, that's some of the things they did wrong, but let's take this a step further. Again, I like putting this in the common sense because I've read comments, oh, you need a license for the Navy or something like that. You do not need a license for the Navy, but let's just say you did. In Brandon's job, okay, to join the Navy, you don't need a driver's license. Right? To be in Brandon's rating, you don't need a driver's license. To be in Brandon's command, you don't need a driver's license. Okay, so we erased those three. Let's just say that SEALs required a driver's license. Well, Brandon had one. Cut and dry, no no ifs, ands, or buts. But he isn't a SEAL. If Air Crewman required it, Brandon had a driver's license. It says you have to have a driver's license. It doesn't say you have to drive. Brandon did not drive, Okay, Do not drive. There are no other words I can tell you. That's the words. Never drove alone, never had car insurance never drove a car by himself ever in his entire life. There is nobody on this earth that will tell you different because it never happened. Next is, let's really look at this for what it is. The military and his command is not entitled to his driver's license. If you take it from that standpoint, that whole story, everything, you would throw that out the window. They're not entitled to his driver's license, period. No if, ands, or buts, factual, indisputable fact, period. They are not entitled to his driver's license. The other excuse they have is they have this, I I wanna call it a hand truck of some sort you drive. Brandon was driving, drove it flawlessly as a matter of fact. um, On
1: the flight line. On the flight line.
2: And apparently if you had a driver's license, you didn't have to qualify on it. Well, it didn't matter because Brandon already and like he could drive it. <laughs> he already qualified on it. He could drive it too. like it was nothing. Again, that's not in traffic, on the freeway, alone, all that. That's not what was going on there. And so that whole thing just I don't know. It did something to Brandon and they wanted to get him and they knew they were using this as an excuse to take away the air crewman and to do other things. believe they were trying to kick him out of the military personally we, we again i don't know that for a fact but due to the shredders we're going right after brandon died we'll never know
1: and and just to let you know we've talked to several people um that said there's a lot of people in that command that did not have their driver's license and nothing was done to get them their driver's license
2: and on top of that there is many people that left that command without the plane captain qualification. That means they did three, four years in that command. and never got it. Brandon was only in there less than two and it's not required. they will tell you it is, but it ain't. And Brandon didn't need it. And he was still doing it. Even though he didn't need it, he was still doing it. He
1: was forced.
2: Yes, but he didn't, he never said, I'm not doing this because I'm leaving. that's a, if anybody ever says that, that is a bro's plan because Brandon never said that to anybody. On top of that, they want him to stand this duty driver thing. Well, this duty driver, what happens when you have a duty driver? You drive a van, 18 passenger van and a full size Ford F-150. What a great car to drive if you don't drive too. Um, they wanted him to drive these things and Brandon didn't drive. So he couldn't. But to take it a step further, they felt he was deliberately not driving to get out of duty driver. That is not what was going on. And if anything, I pointed out, duty driver, you're away from bros. That means you don't have to put up with that guy for eight to 10 hours on your duty day or actual week too. they stood duty for a week there. And that means he would be away from bros for a week. He would love to have been able to do that. He just didn't drive. He didn't drive. It's a he just didn't deal. want to drive. He was 21 years in one month. If you find that strange, he didn't drive, fine, but whatever. It's not like he was 35 or something. And most people in the military, why do you even need to drive? I, I mean, with yeah. Lyft, Uber, everything else, a lot of people don't drive.
0: Yeah. Or they don't have
2: cars, one could say. Brandon didn't have a car. So he, um, so. They said that he was not standing duty driver. Well, here's the deal. You know, the people not standing duty driver, I want you to think in your mind those you've been in the military. What was Brandon doing on duties, days since he wasn't standing duty driver? Doing all, he was cleaning the bathrooms and everything. He was doing the work that they didn't have to do because they were standing duty driver. So it's not like he had it made or something. Of course, nobody will talk about that. This kid used to volunteer to clean the aircraft.
0: Yeah, it wasn't like- It wasn't like he was getting off easy because he wasn't his turn on the roster for
2: driving. He'd be better off driving. He didn't drive. Besides he didn't have car insurance. And I'm here to tell you, and I was in Navy recruiting. I drove a government car for 15 years and I thank God every day I was never in a car accident. I had to do investigations on my recruiters that were in car accidents too. And it sucked to have to find them at fault, but sometimes they were. Um, Just because the government is self insured does not mean that, that you, you allow people to drive,
0: Yeah.
2: okay? That is not how it works. When I came to recruiting, now there you go. There's a job that you're required to have a driver's license. There you go. Required to have a driver's license, you're required to have car insurance as a recruiter, period. Why did I need car insurance? The government self-insured. Think about it. It's the same philosophy with that command. They're full of it, but again, they lie to lie upon lie upon lie, and they don't understand that the public and we are not stupid, okay, and they don't get that. These COs feel that they're sitting on a throne and they're kings, and like I said, I, I might be enlisted trash to him, that's fine, but like I said, I went on, I got two degrees and I have several minors and whatever, but again, a degree is a piece of paper, and I am impressed with people that get degrees. It's hard. To get, I'm not going to deny that, but that doesn't mean that you treat people like you're better than them. You might be entitled to more pay, you might get better jobs than them. It doesn't mean you're better than them. They are human beings. You need those people, and you are to treat all as equal and fairly at all times. It doesn't matter what their education level is, they are in your command, and you are to treat them and look out for their safety, and you are responsible for those people, period. Apparently, unless they die, because then you're not responsible. According, at least, with Brandon's case,
1: I think the Navy needs to change their their wording to uh, honor patients, respect, and kindness, like Brandon's karate code words. Because Brandon got none of that,
2: and nor did we.
1: Yeah, no, we didn't either.
2: And to be treated like that, being retired military, I mean, you know how embarrassing that was to my family. Um. I'm talking about, not Terry, it was embarrassing for her to see it, but I'm talking my uncle, my um, aunts, my brother. uh,
1: In my family, my sister, who's in the Navy. My mom,
2: all those people had to watch these people treat us this way and witness it. It it just, they couldn't believe it. And, And they really thought highly in the military. And they found out the truth because our son died. And that's the only way they found out the truth. The sad part is
1: we didn't know how bad it was until Brandon
2: died. There are many that have gone through this hundreds of thousands of gold star family members out there that don't have the truth. There's family members out there lot lost people. They don't even know that the commands killed their kids. Trust me. They don't know their dads, their moms. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's worse than you could ever imagine. This is the, and the public thinks this is like the fire department. The military was never like the fire department. Those people actually look out for people, uh, it, they need each other. Don't get me wrong, a group of SEALs, right? I would have been a SEAL. Those people look out for each other. They have to, they can't function unless they do. And there are other things in the military that operate that way. And every once in a while, someone might get in a command that is that way. They are far and few between of all these bad hour apples, abuse of power, because you put COs on thrones, they're not kings. They're commanding officers. They're not kings. We need to understand that. And once you do, you'll understand that it's your duty to report and prevent abuse of power and toxic abuse of leadership from happening and taking over. I don't care who you are and you do it anonymously. You could even do it in a way where no one will ever figure out it was you. You really got to put your mind to it, trust me, you could be done. And to be honest with you without lying to you, I've done it that way. But remember, I want you to know this. I did it that way and nobody died. In this case, he's dead. He's not coming back and nobody cares. When I say nobody, that command does not care. How can that be? He died. They found bros at fault in the investigation. You can look it up. They did nothing. They said he went to anger management. Turns out he didn't. Um, they said all kinds of things that weren't true. They get the lie and nobody does anything. No one holds him accountable from the top up. The- Brandon
0: left. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, Brandon left you, um, Brandon left you some a left, you a letter and some other letters behind. What did he say in those letters?
2: And, um, how much he loved us was a big thing. Secondary was what his wishes were for his death. After his death. After his death.
1: His last wishes.
2: Um, The big core thing in there was he said word for word, words of the fact, make them pay for what they put me through and did to me.
1: I've done nothing worth anything in the military. He said, word for word, this is not, I repeat, not your fault, meaning us. Um, He did not want a military funeral because he did nothing to be proud of in the military. He wanted to be cremated and his ashes be spread on the mountain behind our house so that he can look, look after us. Um
2: He just said there was nothing we could have done. And he said that, uh, He just kept saying he wishes he had more time and how much he loved us. We don't understand that. He wishes he had more time. We don't understand why it was so pertinent that something happened that day. Again, we don't know the whole story. We're never going to know the truth. Well, we could if uh, the FBI gets involved and we got our fingers crossed on that because they will put a true spotlight on those people. And they're not going to hesitate to throw them in jail um unless they tell the truth but until then we don't have the whole truth the other thing is the letter is incomplete why do I say this there were three other girls in the command he left letters to he left 10 page letters to them (laughs) he um left us five pages if you read Brandon's letter we posted it if you read it you'll see it's incomplete when I say it's incomplete I stand behind two things on it. There's two things weird about it. One is it looks like two different letters. Okay. Uh, It looks like two separate letters put together. And then on top of that, when it goes to the next page, it barely flows. It's like somebody took the middle out and the middle would have been a part where Brandon would have started mentioning names and things and all the evidence that he had and it's gone and they obviously took it and the other thing is he knew those girls maybe 18 months 10 page letters to friends in a command who left statements you can read them that distinctly state that they don't understand why he left them a 10 page letter because they didn't know him that well (laughs) that's what they say why so why would he spend all that time leaving them 10 page letters when the ones he truly, truly loved and spent his life with five pages. That does not make sense. There is another indicator. And again, you'll see as we continue and up to this point, there is a preponderance of evidence to show that these people are lying and covering up, but to take it a step further, if you want to do it even a more professional way, use it as an aggregate. If you use this as an aggregate, you will see how bad these people are lying and in the issues and the answers they give and the outright lies. An example is Whitmer claims that Del Sandro was on the computer validating Brandon's driver's license. Why in the world would you validate a driver's license you're not entitled to, but to take it a step further, Brandon's evaluation distinctly says that Brandon had been standing duty driver for six months. What did they need to validate? I'd love to know that. So that means he gave the order or D'Alessandro to do that. That means he's responsible for the theft. He's responsible for all the violations, everything. Why did the Navy not do anything? Because they don't want to do anything. Commanding officer, he can do whatever he wants. Um. Sorry, I got off track. The letter, that, that was the basics with the letter. Saddest letter you'll ever read. Well, it was for us at least. And most people that read it, reporters, they lose it. Um, matter of fact, Anybody that's ever done any research on Brandon, they, they read that letter. I remember uh, two people that have helped us tremendously to this point, they uh, did research and they, investi- they They did some research and investigation on the situation. And they, uh, I remember them emailing me and they wanted to know who the SOB was that murdered Brandon. They wanted his name, um, just to know, of course. And they came to the same conclusion as we did, but nobody has never knocked. The only ones that don't are the people in the command. Like I said, they benefited. You really want to go say you made E6 because you kept your mouth shut about the command murdering a kid? One of your friends, fellow shipmate, murdered? no big deal. They made you an E6. They gave you a Navy achievement medal. Why would you tell the truth? You weren't abused. Nope. You got good evals. <laughs> they were never abused. Hardest worker? Who kills the hardest, best worker in their command? Please, somebody tell me who does that. Who goes after the hardest, best worker in the command? See, everybody thinks Brandon was a dirtbag because they they read, they glance, they're not reading. Read, hardest, best worker in the command, in writing by them, backed by statements. Even bros, go read his statement. <laughs> he commends Brandon to no end about his work and everything of all people of course bros is so stupid here and understand that that actually makes things worse but he's that way um but bottom line is it's backed by fact
0: how did you guys uh, start working on the brandon act who are you who did you start working with and what 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 are the parts of that bill well
3: I all
2: started is obviously So we wanted accountability and we wanted justice for our son. He asked us to get justice for him and we would have done it anyway, but I'm telling you when it's in writing, we're pretty powerful. Um, so we were spending a lot of time on that. And then we were slowly finding out from others and doing research and we were finding out all these other gold star family members and how many people die by suicide and other ways and about toxic abuse of leadership and the cause of this stuff. And I witnessed a lot of this when I was in, and I'm not going to deny I turned the other way, but again, I won't tell you no one's ever died in the command I've been in and it's not because of me, but no one, uh, uh, if anybody died, I assure you I'd turn those people in their heart to be with my name on it too, by the way, they know who turned them in because I'd do it. There is no way I would tolerate a death. Um, no if, ands, or buts. I don't care if it was the worst worker in the command and it was on their evals. I don't care. I don't care if it was a drug addict being kicked out. If they murdered someone, I would turn them in in a heartbeat. I'm not gonna support death. Sorry, I will not. But, so we decided uh, with her sister, Terry's sister, she's retired army, um, us three decided to make a difference, and the decision was to write the Brandon Act. So, over four months, family wrote it, and
1: my sister came up with the name. And I have to admit, it seemed it sounded weird at first, um, but now it's like second nature. But uh, she she helped us a lot um, with getting the bullet points that um, we felt needed to be included in the Brandon Act. Um, the first version is very, very long. Um, because it, it does have you know accountability and um, taking investigations out of the command's hands. Um, uh, what else was on there?
2: Um that all desk be to was homicide until proven otherwise that um they up criminal, so homicide is in criminal investigation. NCIS, they investigated death. It's not a criminal investigation. It's to, to, to verify that the ME matches the method of death. Uh, it's not a criminal investigation. So we wanted criminal investigations done and we wanted the COs held accountable. One of the examples I used to Congress was that uh, you had 13 helo squadrons in Norfolk, Virginia Um, when those captains are due for evals, the ones that had deaths should be put at the bottom. I'd like to believe the ones that didn't have deaths were running their commands properly and cared about their people. I told you, I know sometimes it sounds like this, and I want to reiterate, I am not talking about the entire military. There is good in the military. There is a ton of good in there. I'm talking about the bad, toxic leadership, abuse of power. Everyone knows where they are, who they are, and they've been part of it or subjected to it. I'm not talking about the good commands by any means whatsoever, because there's a lot of good in the military, outstanding individuals that serve their country with honor. And so we wanted that in there, and we, we write it. We made a bunch of appointments on Capitol Hill. We, hop, we bought a new car, hopped in, and drove to DC. <laughs> State of Vesta, I know you know where that is. And, um, and we uh, went to our first appointment. We showed up to the second on time. We were sweating, breathing hard, barely made it. And uh, it happened to be with uh, Congressman Moulton's office. and.
1: From Massachusetts.
2: Yes, they immediately rolled out the red carpet, listened to us. They actually listened to, and um, they said they wanted to help. He was a veteran. He wanted to help
1: that same day too. Yes, they called. They, they called. called us back,
2: and we've gone to other meetings, and they did not go well. A couple of them, i running not even say who they were. Some, a couple of people really didn't care yeah were were you
1: meeting with
0: staffers or the actual congressman actual member
2: staffers okay um, we walked into we had a meeting and we were there they checked us in they were got the conference room ready we were seconds from going in it and two people walked in and somehow some way they put them in the conference room and kicked us out to the hallway and they must have been lobbyists or some, but that was so unfair. And then the person we were to meet with met with those two and we got stuck with somebody else. Didn't even know what was going on. And it was. God, I was mad at that woman. When I, when I say that she wouldn't even listen to me. No. And you should have heard the logic she had our generals and stuff. you okay. You're in charge of the general. You are in charge of the generals, but you certainly. <laughs> um, and, but,
1: and it's such a, uh, sensitive subject that should not have been in the hallway where people are walking, you know, back and forth and and listening to the conversation. It's It's a private conversation. I mean, we told her how Brandon died. And I know right now, most everybody knows how he died. But at that time, the Brandon Act wasn't even a thing. Um, so to, to have to tell her how he died and, and how emotional that was, uh, just, just with her, let alone everybody else that was walking past us.
2: And, and again, we didn't expect everybody to no. support us. I mean, we, we, just had some serious luck. I mean, we went to. Yeah. Who were some of the good offices? I know you were in. You Senator. Kane, that's Senator. That's- Congressman Logan, one could say that was the best one, I guess. But Wait, Senator- who
0: was it? Who?
2: Congressman Logan.
0: Oh, Maltin. Okay. Yeah. So.
2: Senator Kane probably is equally up there. Um he uh we go to his office for the appointment. They like don't know what we're talking about. And I'm like, well, we had an appointment and we verified him. And in walks two people, they grab us, two of the staffers, they said, come with us, they take us down to the tram, underground tram, they take us to the Capitol, to his office there, he was voting, he came down to meet us, and then he continued to go up and vote, and come back down up the vote, and And he uh, kept
1: looking at his watch, and he kept saying, look, it's, it's not that we're on a time thing, but I have to go vote, And and he was very polite about it,
2: and he, uh, he did that. He spent a couple hours with us. Again, he had a son or some family member he related to the story. He was very upset. Obviously, that was his home ground too, right there, meaning that uh, Norfolk is his territory. Mm-hmm. And um, then, what's funny about that? activity for all of you. Don't don't crucify me too bad, but I didn't know he was the running mate for Hillary Clinton. Just so you know that, <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> found that out well afterwards that was pretty embarrassing but it didn't matter again democrat republican it doesn't matter to me we're they're here to do a job and i know they say that and i know sometimes we don't see it but the point is that's how i feel about it i they could they are the only ones you can go to when it comes in the military that could actually do something so we had to go to the source that could do something and um well else? Senator well, Rounds' office—that that guy was awesome. Senator who? Um, he, uh, that staff member had a notebook all
1: rounds. Oh my rounds!
2: Picture, uh, he sat down went over everything. He told us we have a case and um, we deserve answers. And and that was pretty much the tone the whole week that we deserved answers. They all joined us with that, and but his office was outstanding to us. And again, in the end, they were all. Right, but a few. There were there was a couple. And again, you can't blame the congressperson because their staff doesn't brief them. If their staff doesn't brief them, I mean if their staff briefed them, they say we're not interested. I have no problem with that. But when they don't know,
3: yeah, I got that... an
2: issue at that. Mm-hmm. I want the congressperson to say, now this is something we don't support or can't or won't. Because want... you know they wouldn't say that. So correct. Exactly. And we knew that. And especially when we were giving them something that, well, at the time, it was gonna, we changed it, but in the end, it wasn't gonna cost any money. It cost no money.
1: Right, our, our original version would have cost uh, right. a lot but of
2: money. I had funding for it. It, 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 a lot of fun. Actually, I could have funded it 10 times over. All we needed to do is stop the selling of the candy. <laughs> 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 like I had the- funding for it, earmarked, as they would say.
0: Earmarked. I want you guys to explain, though, to our listeners exactly what the latest bill does.
2: Um, Okay, so the latest one is designed to be a tool in the toolbox and to save lives, but it's designed to, as somebody, my examples I use when I talk to the Congress is, if somebody went into work on a Tuesday and they were depressed, they don't have to tell the low supervisor that they're depressed, they just say, I have a branding issue. And then they are allowed no matter what to go get help. In that case, for simplicity, they go to medical, medical triages them to mental health. A counselor, actually a psychologist will talk to them. They will give them an evaluation. Um, if they're depressed, hopefully they're not suicidal. And they will come up with a plan for further visits and that that's the end of it that person is getting help that's one scenario another scenario is somebody was sexually harassed they came into work they say have a brand act issue and they go and in that case they go to medical they, the authorities would be called they would uh get um doctor evaluation of course and uh they could be set up for counseling because they don't know if they need counseling, sorry, but you need counseling after any of that stuff, assault, harassment, and it would be that that person would get the help that they need. And an, another scenario could be you're having marital problems or something. You just need a shoulder to cry on, or you just need help with anything, literally anything you could think of, you could go there for, because a lot of times talking to somebody that's neutral, not in the command is best on top of that, A psychologist is a professional who can be neutral and help people. I was a Navy counselor, and I was very good, and I helped many, but there is no way I could give them the help that they can. Besides, let's face it, unless we were in a war zone or something, it it would definitely be easier for me to get them over to the professional than it would be for me to try to help them right then and there. I I mean, I'd be doing them a service by doing that. If they were uncomfortable with it, they're welcome to talk to me and I'll do everything I can to help them. I always did. I'm the same. Those are the people that can help them and do a plan. And like I said, a lot of people just want a shoulder to cry on. I know that sounds harsh, but truly you need somebody neutral outside the command. You don't want anybody that could defend the command. You don't want anybody that has to defend the command. You want somebody that'll listen to you and give you advice and teach you how to deal with the problem is situation. That's what you need. And that is what the Brandon Act is designed to do. But more importantly, it gives you the right to go get it. You don't have to tell anybody why.
3: Yeah. Okay. Especially
2: the low supervisor. I mean, if you choose to, you can go directly to your E7 and tell them, hey, you know, I'm going to medical for this. Again, it's medical. They're supposed to let you go. Whatever you do, don't go to bros because he won't let you go. Trust me. Um, but... In this case, that's what it's designed to do. And it's just a tool in the toolbox. There are other things out there. There are hotlines, there are civilian contracts out there. There are all kinds of other things that you're allowed to use. You could use in conjunction if you chose to. I'm just pointing out, this is designed for that day you come in and you're just hurting and you need help, or you started hurting later in the afternoon or got bad news or something. It's designed to get you help immediately. And the base is supposed to be staffed with these people. What has happened is over the years, that budget, Congress has been given the money forever and a day. It's just a matter of they use that money elsewhere because people are not using mental health. Well, we know why they're not using it because it is frowned upon. They don't want you going to mental health. It'll ruin your career. They'll tell you that. They want you to believe that. That is why people don't use it. Well, if they don't use it, all that money can go elsewhere. So instead of having five psychologists tell anyone, um, that's what they do. Now they're gonna have to staff up and spend the money that they're giving every year, like clockwork for what it's used for. And, but it's to save lives. In the end, it will save lives. It's not perfect, but it will save lives. It gives them a tool. And we've had hundreds of people call us asking if it's already passed, they need to use it. So obviously it, um, they're interpreting it the way we are and they're needing it. And um, we we believe in it, but it's to save lives. And we found out that, sorry, 21 veterans a day die by suicide. And to make it simple, five, five active duty a day die by suicide, so 26 a day die, and nothing is being done that's worthy of anything. Yet an example is, again, this just, happened recently, but I read about the Space Force. Somebody shows up to go work out, and in the middle of the workout, they leave to go buy a PlayStation 5, and they come back, and they go to Captain's Basket, and rank from leaving to go get a PlayStation 5. Now, you tell me, what has this world come to? Why would you do that to somebody? I understand why would the person go do that, but in the end, that is the punishment for that? Really? You couldn't talk to them? You couldn't have uh, had them stay after work a few days or something, you had to go for the throat. Now you just set those people up for suicide right there. Okay. A PlayStation. And uh, that dis- I, there's thousands of stories like that out there. We This stuff has got to stop. And we, the Brandon act can help with that. And Congress is the one that needs to do it. They are over in the military and the constitution was written on checks and balances. The military has none. And, they'll tell you they do their line and they interpret things the way they want to to their advantage. The upper brass, protect the upper brass. We all know it's true. There are some good officers out there. I, I'll use me as an example. I guess, not exaggerating, I probably had 40 different commanding officers, maybe more, but out of that 40, there's probably two that I would have taken a bullet for. Ironically, they're both shipboard captains. And it was a third later that I met a commander. That guy was by far the best officer. He wasn't the commanding officer either, but he was my boss. And he was by far the most outstanding officer I remember in my life. And he cared about people, but he told you the truth and he helped you and he really wanted to help you. And he always had a solution to everything. And he taught me a lot and here I am a senior EA and I'm teaching him stuff, but he was teaching me stuff. And that's remarkable because our job is to train them. <laughs> He was training me because he was so good. That guy was remarkable. And But other than those three, there's no way. But again, if they killed somebody, I'm sorry. uh, I'm turning them in. But bottom line is there was three of them. The rest of them, they were all, they they were just beyond bad. I would not, there's no way I am going to sell myself out to cover anything up for those people. I would not do it. Besides, it is my duty not to do something like that. And I have to live with it. And it catches up to you, I'm telling you. This stuff catches up to you later. The 21 veterans a day, ask the VA, they'll tell you the excuse I was at a hearing. They're they're Vietnam veterans. Yeah, they are. And they're the same ones that were told to kill villages, kids, women, and they had to do what they were told. And then they were told to suck it up and live with with it. And it caught up with them later in life. What do you expect? I mean, honestly, what do you expect? It, It catches up to you. It's proven. I was against mental health. I'm not going to deny it. But again, if I would have gone, my my career would be over. Matter of fact, they tried to set me up a couple times to go, and I wouldn't go because there's no way that'll ruin your career just like that. You walk right into their hands in my time. Now it's different, but again, even with the difference, it's still they don't want you going because um, they don't want anybody knowing what's happening to you and what they're doing. They don't want you to know about the PlayStation all the other stuff that goes on. They don't want anybody knowing about it. So that's how they keep total control over you is by not allowing you to speak to anybody. So you feel trapped. And when you feel trapped, unfortunately that can lead the bad things.
0: Uh, so so originally the bill last Congress did not pass, right? Um, because it got caught up in the Senate?
1: Correct.
2: It, right. It got It's it, true that it got caught up in the committee. It passed the NDA on the House side. And it was It was never on the NDA for the Senate side.
1: It was a standalone though, it was a standalone bill.
2: And all it needed to do was stay on the NDA through committee and the committee took it off. There is no logical reason. We've been told lack of support. No one was there to fight for it. Uh, It cost absolutely nothing. Again, not even worth are out. I just say all people in Congress are good and I criticize it, it, just, it happened, but I can tell you this, there's no doubt in my mind that, that um, the advisors, I'll call them are they're, they're the devils in the detail on that one. Again, the military, they, they don't want anything that's going to do something to take away control from them. Even though the Brandon act really doesn't, it's really mild, if anything they should pass it because it other things come through that are going to be harsher than that and they will come down we know people working on stuff there's stuff going to come down someday if it can get through they'll be fighting that tooth and nail but this is nothing compared to what will come in the future from others and it will come will it pass i don't know but there is change and there's hope and that's about the only thing more powerful than evil is hope so
0: Well, and you guys got some good news today, too. You talked to um, Seth Malton's office and what what happened with that? Um,
2: They're working on the bill. They're going to reintroduce it. They're working on it and they're excited about it, too. He is. He really wants it's really near and dear to him. And um, they did their part last year. They did. And they did a flawless job and everything they said they were going to do. They did. And they're going to do it again. And um, they're very excited. They have some new staff members. They're already excited and they're working with us. And we just, I mean, we're not starting over. So that was good. That's what the good news is that they're taking it from there and already reintroducing it. So that was great news. Um, We weren't sure if we had to start over or not because sometimes they change their minds. And in this case, they did not. It is very important to them in their office and what their congressman wants. And they're taking it for action. And we're gonna help them any, any way we can. And we ask everybody help too. This is not a, you know, an I thing. We, we, you can't accomplish anything without others helping you. We've had help. Again, we don't do GoFundMe. We don't want money or anything, but we've had people help us. And those people are good people who care, who wanted to help. And we return the favor all the time. We pay it for, we paid it for, believe me, we paid it for. And uh, we believe in this and we believe in, uh, we believe that in this case, for sure, the system can work and help us. Congress can work and help us. This is something that it was designed to do. And we believe it can help us and it's going to help us all. And here's what I say about this. I hate to be, Drastic, but I got to point this out to you, I pointed out to you that I told you my son would never join the military I'd never allow him to do it, I mean that and I told many people they'd laugh but they knew I was serious and they actually. Were on my side about it and he joined and now he's dead so right now you got 10 year olds in the House. Ten years from now, you have no idea what they're going to do you have no idea they're going to join the military and let's just say they did. And remember, you can't stop. No. You pretend you didn't want them to, and they did anyway. Let's go with that scenario. And they join. And and Lord behold, that they, they somehow died. They died. Not in combat either. Right. They died, and guess what? Guess who? the commanding officer was. Whitmer, guess who the executive officer were? Prouty, bros, all those guys. They will kill again. But could you live with yourself if it was them and you knew that they killed our son? How could you live with yourself? You've got to put an end to that. The only way to do that is accountability. You put a stop to it, you use this as ground zero. You hold them people accountable. The Act is not going to hold them accountable, okay? I'm just pointing out if those people have to be stopped, they will kill and kill again and again and again. And if you don't believe me, I could send you a copy. Somebody, what did they, I think they Facebooked or something, they said that uh, they're stationed with bros and he's up to his old tactics already, again bragging about killing our kid. That's just All lovely. Right. And don't forget, this is the same guy that was taking bets that he was torturing another kid before Brandon. Brandon actually took this guy's spot, unfortunately, and he was taking bets on when this guy was going to off himself.
1: During his pre-deployment. Yeah,
2: during the deployment, the bros got kicked off. Bros get kicked off. This guy goes on to excel like he did before, and he's alive and doing very well. Bros went back and killed our son, unfortunately. But again, that family benefited from people standing up and doing something about toxic, abusive leadership.
1: And thank God.
2: Yes. Yes. And I'm here to tell you, I wouldn't wish this on worst enemy there. You will never forget your doorbell ringing for this.
1: And I wish, I wish bros and Brandon's entire leadership. What's the one that witnessed his death instead of the, the ones who actually did because the reason Brandon died was because of his toxic abuse of leadership and the abuse of power within his helicopter squadron. That is why he is dead.
2: And like I said, all Wimmer had to do, he's a commanding officer and Worthy. Worthy is his boss. There's 13 helo squadrons. Worthy's in charge of all 13. The day before Brandon died, there was a suicide in his sister squadron. They held no training, no stand down, nothing. It was a pilot too, by the way. That's unheard of. Trust me. Three weeks before that, it was another suicide and another sister squadron. There was no stand down, no training. Had that happened, Brandon would be alive today, but he would have certainly been alive, no doubt, if they would have held it the day after the Lieutenant died because that was the day that Brandon died. So there would have been no way Brandon would have died, at least that way for sure. And nothing was done, no stand down, nothing. So all Whitmer had to do is admit they made mistakes as a commanding officer and admit what happened and how he was going to change it and what they were going to do to prevent it from happening again and how they were going to use this as a model for the other 13 squadrons and the Navy. And nothing would happen to him and all, and, and go after the people that killed Brennan, literally every one of them. That's all he had to do. In particular, bros. I thought for sure bros was thrown under the bus big time. I cannot believe that guy is still alive and standing. I'm sorry. I cannot believe, but see, he's got the dirt on them. That's why he knows something that they don't want anybody to know. And he must've been smart enough to give it to somebody to pass on. If something happens to him, trust me, he's got the dirt on him. He was one of them. He knows. And So if they would have gone after all those people, he could have punished all them himself. That would have been the end of it. His career would have been intact, gone, became a captain, admiral, whatever he wanted to do. Instead he chose to cover it up. That was his doing. He did all this by himself, his own doing, his own free will. You ask why, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why and you know what they are and the bottom line is like you'll never read about the driver. You read about the driver's license, but if you don't know the story we gave you, you would not make any sense of it. They don't want anybody to know that they were trying to make somebody drive that didn't drive. They don't want anybody to know they were on a computer looking <laughs> at his driver's license. They don't want anybody to know they stole his credit card. They don't want anybody to know he's going down crewman. <laughs> they don't want anybody to know they made him redo the package. <laughs> they don't want anybody to know about the quals being reset and him doing EMI for no reason. They don't want nobody to know that he sold candy for two years. They don't want anybody to know this stuff, but you won't find it. And, you know, Whitmer claims that everybody in the command sells candy. Well, I'm still waiting for those dates to show up when Whitmer did it. Burroughs in particular, I want to know the dates he sold it. Um, and Henner and Delisandro. Delisandro is now an instant in the Navy. He had already made officer. He was going to be putting it on. That's another reason why they covered up that part is because they wanted him to be an officer that's just lovely he gets promoted and our son gets killed and he's the callous of it along with bros there's no if ands or buts i talked to brandon that weekend he was furious and he couldn't understand why nobody would listen to him and believe him and why um he was such an outstanding worker and why they were him this way he he could not comprehend that and again i was working on it we had a plan i was going out i was going out there believe me i guess we never got to this i was on the phone with a command when brandon died and i was on the phone a half hour before he died with them and they conveniently got off the phone with me i told them everything they knew everything and instead of helping him and grabbing him and bringing him into an office and getting me on the phone and working everything out and telling them everything's gonna be okay, they chose to go down there and yell at him and scream at him and degrade him and belittle him.
1: In front of people.
2: In front of people. That's how they helped him. They killed him, I'm sorry. Look up the definition of murder, it fits. I'm sorry it does. If you look it up, you will see my point. Um, they, uh, they are the cause of this. They could have prevented it. They have no remorse whatsoever, none. And it, they treated us horribly, they lied. The chief's coming to the door to tell us Brandon was dead. They told them to lie to that, us and tell us that he was in the hospital alive and he was not. He was dead on the tarmac. Um, Whitmer left our son on the tarmac for eight hours, like an animal, dead on the tarmac, like an animal. He never went to the hospital. He went to the morgue, and we we're supposed to believe he's in the hospital alive. And I was on my way out there when I hung up with uh, Tarkowski the second time. I was on. We were on our way out there, man. That guy. I was going to legal. I was getting an attorney. I, I was going to the news, EOC, you name it. It was gonna. I was gonna have a parade of people. It's gonna be like a uh, um, men of honor. That's it. That show. It was gonna be just like that when he marched in with the press. I was gonna do that. Trust me. I had it all planned. And, uh, I, there is no way i was going to tolerate what those people treat me like that and my son like that for no logical reason and treating others that way too. And, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I want
0: to thank you guys for being here today. Um, and thank you for sharing your story. I know this is not an easy story to share and, um, I look forward to seeing what you guys are going to do with the Brandon Act bill. Um, I definitely do hope that it passes for you. Um, Is there anything that you wanted to add before we get off?
1: Um, Well, I was just going to ask you if you think your your listeners want to know how he died by suicide. If not, that's fine.
0: I was was waiting to see with you guys. I wasn't sure if you guys wanted to talk about that. So. I'll leave
2: it up to you. What happened is again, I'm on the phone, ironically, and they don't want anybody to know about this. It's not, you'll look at the statements, they lie and say that I called because I lost touch with their son. Yeah, that's not why I called. I talked, I have a proof in my phone. I saved it. I took pictures of it. It's hidden in a safe, trust me. They ain't getting it. Um, the he was talking to somebody all day long. On and off,
1: Brandon. Was. Brandon
2: was, and disappeared.
1: He said that he told her that he was hungry and wanted to go get something to eat. A sandwich is what she said.
2: We we believe he disappeared. He ran into Tarkowski. That's the senior listed advisor, and we believe that guy did what he did. And next thing you know, Brandon's light ops is going on. Brandon runs in. He yells something out to the plane captain. The plane captain ignores him. I'm and sure
1: she was confused.
2: Still, you gotta remember, these guys, these people are paid and qualified to do this job. That's where that qualification came in. If you're rushing qualifications, this is why things like what we're about to tell you happen. Is people are not properly qualified.
1: And what he said to her was, I'm sorry for what you are about to see.
2: And He runs for the tail rotor of the helo. He jumps
1: up, right? He jumps, misses, and jumps
2: again. Nobody did anything. Nobody tried to tackle him. Nobody did a thing. And oh, by the way, they all, after he did that, they all ran away. Every one of them, nobody provided first aid and nothing. They all ran various ranks to various times in the Navy ranks. Every one of them ran, ran. I'd understand a few of them, but every one of them. On top of that is you do not let like anybody when flight officers go, on, go in a danger area. They let Brandon cross. They're going to use the excuse he was one of them. That's garbage. He was not allowed to cross that line. They allowed him to cross that line. They obviously were not properly trained. His commanding officer did not properly train his crew because they allowed him to go through. Not only did they allow him to go through, after he did what he did, the plane captain who's in charge of the entire crew fell to her knees and it was someone else that called it in. She didn't even call it into the command what happened. And she is supposed to. How is she properly trained? She can't function properly. And I know you don't know how you're going to function when somebody dies. My whole point is if you wouldn't have let them in the area to begin with, I was a, when I first was in the Navy, I was a gunner's main missiles and we had a danger circle. The launcher would move and we had to hold a key and no one was allowed in the danger area when we were moving the launcher. And if somebody walked in, I had to let the key out and it would stop the launcher and chase them out. That's how it works. You don't let anybody in a danger area period. You're trained from that from day one, You know this, you know, not to go into danger area too. Obviously Brandon had other means, but I'm just saying he, they did not stop him. They should have stopped him. And then they left him on the tarmac. Uh, I guess he was pronounced dead by paramedics. Eventually they left him there for like eight hours and uh, for no reason, there's no explanation of why they just left him there like an animal, like a dead animal on the highway. And uh, they didn't care they didn't care one bit and that part is hard but the way they treated us is hard too i mean you're supposed to be nice to the parents and everything i mean the hardest thing the worst thing that could happen to an officer is losing a sailor let's face it that that happened and they didn't care how's that even conceivable what kind of people are we dealing with here that 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 tells you the story right there.
1: Well, and, and the girl that was um, closest to him at the time of the incident, she's going through some issues right now, and she told her new command that she witnessed this, and their response to that was, we're hurting worse than you because we lost a sailor. And she's like, I witnessed it, and he was my friend. So... Wow. It's just, and we just found this out not, you know, a couple of days ago. And, and she is unfortunately so messed up, and, and they're just not helping her deal with the loss of her friend, um, who she had been talking with on and off all day long. And they're they're brushing her off to the side because now now they're going to um, admin separate her. Um, because she's she's come into some, um, some issues that nobody's helping her with. And that is what the Brandon Act will be used for. Um, she needs the Brandon Act. She doesn't want to leave the Navy. It's not, I mean, she takes full responsibility for her actions, yes, but is it ultimately her fault? No, it's it's the fact that HSC twenty eight did not properly give these sailors who witnessed his death mental health, which these, comes back to the original point
0: that we started with, right?
1: Exactly, exactly, and it's heartbreaking because we have been, you know, speaking with her for almost two years now. And she's one of the ones that we have saved, literally saved. Um, and we love her to death and, and we hate to see what she's going through, but even, even what she's going through, she should not be going through. That, that again is toxic abuse of leadership and abuse of power. Why are they doing this to, the, to their own sailors that they need? It doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to us. And that is what makes our fight even greater because we know what she's going through and, and her toxic abusive leadership doesn't give a rat's ass about her and her mental uh, stability and that hurts that that hurts us because had it been, she could use it right now. She could have used it January 1st to help her, the Brandon Act, to help her get out of the mess that she's in because of what she witnessed. And like I said, I wish Brandon's chain of command was out there instead of the ones that were out there because they are the ones that deserve to witness his death not innocent people like that not innocent people it's just it's heart wrenching
2: no and all investigations when little they were um to this day she's never been talked to she was the closest on the flight line to oh, him wow. he was his friend
1: never interviewed by anybody
2: no they didn't want to hear what she had to say because they were afraid. He was talking to her all day long. They were afraid what he might've told her.
1: And in fact, they moved her um, to a different, I don't know if it's a work center or a different part of the command. Um, during the investigations, she was due to the um, transfer anyway, but that wasn't for a couple of months, but they two or three days after the incident, they moved her and just to let people know too, the only reason Bros left that command was because he was overheard making derogatory comments about Brandon and his death two days after the incident. And the only reason he moved was because somebody reported it. And in the investigation, the command line of duty it states in there the reason whitmer did not transfer him right away was because or excuse me the reason he did not opt to take bros to captain's mass was because it was going to make him stay longer in the command so they opted to send him to the wing instead of taking him to captain's mass. And they, he, he stated in his, his uh, statement that even though it was warranted for a captain's mass, he, as a commander decided not to do it. He would have been.
2: They got the dirt on him. Like I said, he's got, He's got the goods on them. He's one of them. He was one of them. I mean, that, there's no doubt in our mind. There's no doubt in anybody's mind, even people that a well, few have come forward. He was one of them and they were protecting him, but he knows he's got the dirt on him. And until somebody penetrates that, it's... uh.
1: He's just going to continue doing it.
2: And uh, no doubt, you know, the... Uh, the other thing is I, I you know, I shouldn't be reading headline, maybe I, I must follow the news. But anyway, the Chief of Naval Operations, he sent an entire Navy, message to the Navy fleet on Tuesday, telling sailors they cannot be under any illusions that extremist behaviors do not exist in our Navy. We must better understand the scope of the problem, get after the issue, eliminate conduct that is driven by extremist beliefs. So no doubt this is a leadership issue. We will own this. Five a day dying by suicide. And he's worried about graffiti. And don't get me wrong. This is horrible what happened. My point is there's nothing you'll find nothing. And oh, by the way, look up DOD instruction
1: 12 1020.031020.3. That was implemented in February 2018.
2: That instruction specifically talks about bullying, hazing, and how it won't be tolerated. DOD ordered the entire military to implement the instruction. It also has in there things of nature. If anybody has done things of this nature, it needs to be turned into them for evaluation. Bros did this for sure. So did the others. Guess what? The military never implemented it ever and they won't even talk about it it was never implemented
3: yeah
2: it was never implemented February of 2018 had that been implemented Brandon be alive today because the word would have been out that
1: Rose would have had to tone it down a little
2: bit um and because he knew he could get in trouble through another source so it, it uh they didn't implement it DOD tells orders you to do something you don't do it that's pretty Wild that you could get away with that. But um, the uh, so, anyway, this Admiral goes on, he says, We must eliminate extremist behavior, corrosive effects on our fighting force. Must remember that we swear an no oath to support and defend the Constitution above all else. We must demand of each other that we treat everyone with dignity and respect. That is how we will become a stronger Navy. I obviously our son wasn't treated that way. He certainly didn't fly. Nobody came to Brandon's funeral, by the way, nobody from the command came. We didn't get flowers and get nothing. And we, the, we weren't invited to memorial service. No one, not one representative from that command came to Brandon's funeral. In any way, shape, or form.
1: Not even the one who had escorted him home, his final time home, and while when he was in the coffin, he left because he was mad that our funeral director changed Brandon out of his uniform because that's what Brandon wanted. We knew that from his letter, um, and he got mad and wanted to inspect him in his uniform. And she pointed to the chair where it was. Neatly folded and said, you can inspect it there. He left. He was supposed to hand the flag to Patrick at his funeral. And we had to have a very good friend who happened to be in her dress uniform, hand the flag to him. Who's She considers Brandon her best friend. And she, instead of watching the funeral, she was involved with the honor guard and had to hand Patrick the flag.
2: And all his friends in Arizona for the right, they were devastated oh, here. Oh
1: gosh, yes.
2: And he didn't leave them 10 page letters. They were devastated. I mean, literally devastated. And two of them are Phoenix police officers. <laughs> I, guess, I guess Prouty and the Klan shouldn't drive through Arizona and get a ticket. I hate to pull over by them. <laughs> um,
0: I'm so sorry you guys were treated that way, though. I mean, I just can't even imagine how it must feel to be treated like that after everything.
2: It's unfair. Especially being retired military. I I mean, it it just, again, I I never see anything like this. I I pitched in for flowers many times. People I never knew, didn't even know, didn't work with, never saw, never met. Their moms died. Their grandmas Mm -hmm. died, whatever. We all pitched in. Mm-hmm. Some and I have done it many times. These people couldn't do it. Um again, I don't care that they didn't send flowers. It just goes with the theme. Again, the aggregate preponderance evidence, you see how it fits. That's all I'm pointing out. I know they don't have to send anything. I get that. That's fine. It's the matter, it's just nothing. They couldn't do anything to try to show that they care. Right. And here this uh Representative Ted Lieu of California said, if you or I make a mistake, this is for the rights. and someone, something very bad happens, we will show remorse. We would accept responsibility. But Tr- President Trump didn't do any of that. Why not? Because he intended for the events to happen. That's word for word what he said. That pertains to Brandon's HSC 28. I'm sorry, but it fits. These people have no remorse whatsoever. None. Their friend died. A lot of people in that command like Brandon because see, no one could hate him because you couldn't hate him because he never did anything to you to hate him. See, that was the uniqueness of Brandon. His smiling would get to you sometimes, but you could not like him. Mm -hmm. You just had to like him. And everything you found wrong with him, you'd always come round circle. And what's funny is his buds, that thing. Brandon has a physique people die for dream about. Brandon had nothing wrong with him. He he was literally flawless. I guess he had a small overhang. He did have braces when he was younger, but um, that's it. The kid was perfect in every aspect.
1: Well, except for during the speech, supposedly, um, for Brandon's memorial, the uh, Whitmer made fun of his ears. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah, I know. Right. I yeah. had to read that um, when I requested all emails, notes and everything from FOIA. And I was like, what? He say, because I wasn't going to watch the the video that they sent of the memorial. It was why? Why? I should have been there. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, he made fun of his, his ears. And, and, you know, Brandon hated his ears. But to say that at his memorial made fun of his ears? Really? Yeah. You didn't say one good thing about him, not one. But you're gonna make fun of his ears. His ears. Yeah, that's cool. Unbelievable, unbelievable.
2: And then, what is it, one of them writes, said one way to drive home the above point, you know, Trump didn't just light the fire. He declined to snuff it out once it started burning that shows that at the very least, this was an outcome he was okay with. And they want to say that a generic example of shouting fire in a crowded theater says, this is the case much worse than someone who falsely shouts fire in a crowded theater. It's more like a case where the town fire chief who's paid to put out fires sends a mob, not to yell fire in a crowded theater, but to actually set the theater on fire And who then, when the fire alarms go off and the calls start flooding in, that a fire department asking for help does nothing but sit back, encourage the mob to continue to rampage and watch the fire spread on TV with glee and delight. I I mean, this is what they commanded. They covered everything up. They didn't care. They they cared. The, The guy is dead. They can't even respect him in his death. He did nothing to them. Artist best worker in the command. I should have that etched on his coffin. Um, The uh, God even and and then to take a step further, we told they disrespected the honor guard here, the captain, the poor woman captain here. She was actual captain too. (laughs) Wasn't a commander like Brandon's commanding officer. That poor that poor woman boy was she mad
1: when he left? Yeah, when Faber left? Yeah,
2: unbelievable that a command would do that to us. That, like that. And she was offended. She didn't know Brandon. Uh, and yet all the people that didn't know Brandon are offended. The ones that know Brandon, they're the ones not doing anything. So like I said, it's not too late to come forward. I mean, sooner or later, you're going to be held accountable. We're held accountable in many ways in life. And, you uh, know, the day I can remember with it, I can remember, they say you can remember back to possibly four years old, some can remember three years old. That's about it. Um, it was preached to me about heaven and hell and God and the devil and everything. And, uh, you know, could I tell you beyond a doubt it's real or not. All I know is that that's what we've been taught from day one. And what I do know is that, um, Sooner or later he's going to catch up with you because I assure you, Brandon will be waiting at the gates for you. And I assure you, he's not letting you in. (laughs) So
1: they will be judged one day, whether it's on earth here or in the next life. Yeah.
2: One way or another, you're going to be held accountable. So if they, you know, the sooner you come forward, the better off you are. You see movies all the time, law and order police movies, people come forward. They still get in trouble. But the trouble is a lot less when you come forward. And like I said, you're defending a chain of command. You have no loyalty, no relationship to them, nothing. They, You owe them nothing, and they killed your friend. And if you want to continue, go ahead. Because it. Uh, I have no empathy. Like I said, those three girls, I've gone on the record. I'll say it again. You three, sooner or later, you will get a knock on your door. By somebody, and you are going to be held accountable for not reporting what you knew. Because 10-page letters, he was your friend, and you were lying, and you know exactly what happened, and you refused to help us. He expected you to help us. He put it in our letter. So, you know you didn't help. You know what you did. I'm holding you accountable. I am not letting you slide. I don't care what you tell them. You're going to jail. Just know that. So it will happen.
0: The day will come.
2: And if, like I said, we get a knock at the door, the FBI, they're coming to tell us that they got justice for Brandon. You get a knock on the door and it's the FBI, trust me, you're leaving in handcuffs. (laughs) So you better hope that doorbell don't knock because they're gonna knock someday. In my opinion, it's coming. Uh,
1: It's a matter of time.
2: Yeah, this pandemic set everyone back and it set a lot of things back for a lot of us and it changed, probably changed the world literally and things are not back to normal and it's going to take time, but use this to your advantage to tell the truth, come forward. And again, you ain't doing it for us. Do it for Brandon. You owe that kid that. You owe him that. Picking a commanding officer over a a 21 year old that never did anything wrong in his life, the major want to smile. I guarantee Whitmore didn't make you want to do that, and you hold alliance to him. But yeah, and the other thing is, you know, a friend of ours calls commanding officers rock stars, they think they're rock stars. You know, how rock stars are treated, they get special treatment, and all that. Well. I take it a step further, I call them War Pigs. And the reason I do is there's a song by Black Sabbath, and Brandon liked this song, it wasn't his favorite song, but he liked the song and he liked it in particular. uh, He liked both versions, original singer sang it and then another singer replaced him later and that singer sang it really well too. So he was kind of like both versions. And anyway, it, the war of pigs goes on, you know what it means. They cause war generals and all that, and you don't care about anybody. But anyway, the last line, the last few lines is what I'm talking about. And this is what you need to do. It's saying, no more war pigs have the power. Hand of, hand of God has struck the hour. Day of judgment, God is calling on their knees the war pigs crawling, begging mercy for their sins. Satan laughing, spreads his wings. Oh Lord, yeah. So, trust me. Like I said, out from day one, we'll see what happens. But I assure you, I'm up there. You know, you better hope. I don't know, You better hope you die before I do, because I'll be helping Brandon. <laughs>
0: that makes two of us. all right guys i hate to wrap it up but i want um for anybody that wants to follow your advocacy can you tell us the facebook page to follow or and also the website
1: yeah the the facebook page is um the brandon act um and then the website is www.thebrandonact.org and it's b-r-a-n-d-o-n Brandon Act, the Brandon Act. That okay, way.
0: and then when I post the um, the, when I post the podcast, I'll also post the Facebook and your website as well. Okay, on the post that way they
2: can see it. Absolutely, you're not recording anymore. Are you?
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> you want to turn it off?
2: All right. You know, I have one final thing for you. I want you to you don't you can record if you want. I don't care, but uh, you need to do a search. I don't know if you saw. Did you see the fake article on Brandon?
0: No, I didn't. I mean, how would I know it was fake, though, unless it was like because
2: he saved President Trump from being killed. Oh, yeah. Wait, because what? He somebody put out they believe that Brandon, they they call him a a SEAL. He was a Navy SEAL and he exposed a, a drug ring or something and a plot to kill the president. He exposed it. Yeah, he exposed it. So oh. he did drugs, and that's why he killed himself because they were coming after him. It's hilarious if you read it. It'll come up in your search somehow. It'll come up. Put in his name after you get through this. Brannick asserted did all that stuff to the governor of Minnesota or Michigan. Um, you'll see, um, but it'll come up. You got to read that just for you yeah. to laugh. I, I, it's hilarious how they.
1: Search Branded Caserta Navy. Navy. Is this this like a
0: recent thing?
2: No, No, it's it's been a year year and a half.
1: Yeah.
2: About a year and and a half. It's still there and.